Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me is, of course, my brother and co-host, Jesse Gleason. Hello, everyone. With us on the line, surviving the hurricane, is our Florida connection, Phil Jakes. Oh, turn that up, please. There you go, all the way. Where are you? This is a Minecraft parody. You don't have to give it away. It's just the wrong words. <laughs> that was great. Boy, I don't know how we keep finding these things, but they're just everywhere. Because it's Minecraft related, my inner nerd wants to say like a five, five point two. Okay. I don't know. That's fine. My my uh, seven. I don't know you anymore. No, nah, my seven year old's into Minecraft, so that's okay. We know Mel, uh, Phil's mental age now. So it should have been a, a point two. Every time I go down to my buddy's house in Vero Beach, me and his kids and him end up on the couch playing it. It's so stupid. I tried it once because my kids got it on the Switch, and uh, I'm like, "What? What the hell is this? I feel like such a boomer." I'm like, "Wait, how do you, I fell in the water? Now what? I don't even know what to do here." I'm you like, wait a minute. There's some pretty epic shit. I'm like, wait a minute. There's zombies. What is this shit? And then I'm like, what is that? What crappy pixel animal is that? A pig? What is this? Zombies Why am I on a cliff? Like, what is going on? Walking things that explode. I don't know what they're I'm just, called. I'm just wandering around, hitting things with a, a hammer, and then I lose the hammer, and I like have to karate chop stuff, and it takes three times as long. I like, built a pretty sweet, pretty sweet castle. Well, yeah, you play with him, so you know yeah. how to do it. But I don't. I have no idea. I'm like, what is? <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. I, I tamed know. a bunny with a carrot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say, Jesse. Anyway, all right. I just don't play video games very often unless it's uh, eye racing, but that's a simulation. So we'll move on from that. You should be. Well, playing. when we play, it's eye pacing. You should be oh, playing yes. Call. Of, you should be playing Call of Duty uh, Cold War. I'm married, so I play Call of Booty. So let's move on. No, you uh, don't. You're married. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that's that's not how it works. I forgot. We usually start the episodes off with personal updates. This weekend is the Thompson World Series, 7th, 8th, and 9th. I will be participating uh, in the Sportsman. I believe we race on Sunday, uh, which is cool, but I have a particular bone to pick because I looked at the schedule and I got the impression that Unlike last year, anybody who races on Sunday, except for the SKs, because they're racing all three days, are going to get screwed. I'll elaborate. Uh, if you race like a feature on Friday, you get practice qualifying and your feature that day. You can pay one day ticket. It's like 50 bucks. Okay? One and done. That's all. You don't have to pay any more. If you race on Saturday exclusively, you can practice, qualify, and run your feature exclusively on Saturday. Pay a one-day ticket price, 50 bucks. If you race on Sunday, however, there is no practice for 
Ooh, Kit Kat duos. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Uh, Carl, that's oh. the booty you're, you're going after. What's that? That's the booty. Well, I mean, I got Kit Kat duos. Why wouldn't you? That's um, what? what? Anyway. Um, no, if you race on Sunday, excluding the SKs and the tour, like if you're a weekly guy like me, if you race on Sunday, you have to, there is no practice. You have to practice either Friday or Saturday. They have heat races and, and features on Sunday, but you can't practice Sunday. You have to come another day. So you're if you race Sunday, you're now forced into paying for two-day tickets instead of just the one, like if you raced on Friday or Saturday. So instead of me paying 50 bucks for one day, now I have to pay 100 but but it's what, a, what about fifty dollars a day now? Yeah. What about the exposure? <laughs> this isn't comedy, <laughs> or like freelance reporting or something, or musician, mu- music. or being a musician. Yeah, I don't get exposure. I, mean, <laughs> I definitely get your gripe because. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you get to leave earlier, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I get the gripe because we used to pay seventy five dollars for three days. Yes. So that's a little ridiculous. I don't mind it because I don't mind it because I don't want to practice and be there all day until nine ten o'clock on a Sunday. Well we used to <laughs> I don't we used to do, do heats and practice on Saturday and just go out on the track cold after super mods did their warm ups on Sunday. So Yeah, we used to get some laps. We used to do practice Friday, qualifying Saturday, and then feature Sunday. That's what we used to do. I mean Saturday we fun. might Saturday we might get a little practice but um I don't know. That was fun. They do the one day thing so that if you're coming from far away you don't have to stick around all weekend and and you know camp or get a hotel or whatever you can show up do your thing and go home. For us, nope, we are paying double of what pretty much everybody else is. Plus they're doing it as this way because if they only get a bunch of one dayers they can still pay the purse and make sure that the tour gets paid and all this other shit so they don't have a discounted two-day ticket or anything i don't think so no uh i looked and what about a discounted three-day ticket uh i think it might be the same as no actually it's not i don't i think friday is its own bespoke day i think saturday and sunday are their own i I forget but i just know that it's going to cost me 100 instead of 50 because last year they put practice qualifying and features on sunday so I didn't have to show up any other day. I showed up on Sunday, got my practice, got my qualifying, and went out for the feature, did everything in one day, and went home. Not anymore. Now I'm paying double. So I'm pissed, but uh, I guess I can't really change that. So I figured I'd bring that up right ahead of time. They, um, they just got to think about the budget racers. Stuff like that. Nobody I mean- thinks about the budget racers. Why do you think they have to pay $12 a gallon for fuel at Stafford? Well, that also probably goes to purse. Yeah, I understand but. why they do it, but twelve dollars a gallon is something that keeps me away from there. So, um. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't be pigeonholed into GTX. They should bring ninety three in another truck or something, or just let us buy pump gas like Thompson does and Waterford. I mean, hey. you probably could just don't go to tech, or just go to tech and say screw it because they don't tech. I don't know. I'm just. Speaking out of my ass because I'm mad. 
Um, yeah, with your charitable contribution, 75% of your donation goes to charity. They don't make that much no money cares. on sales anyway. It doesn't. It's, <laughs> I don't really think that fuel and tire sales are really a make or break. It's just kind of a cherry on top for a track. You know what I mean? So they could really help them out. That's one of the only reasons why. We could go into this when we have our end of season uh, wishes episode that we go through all the local stuff that we wish we could see or you know see differently or do better with uh, regards to racers and stuff like that. I know we're going to have an episode like that because we do take the off season off and we are winding down as the racing season locally is starting to close. Uh, so expect the episodes to get shorter from here until we close it out. Then we have our award show at the end of the year, so keep an eye out for that as well. I just heard a collective thank God from the audience. <laughs> That's true. I know, right? Well, if they're here's the thing. If they're listening and then they're just relieved that it's over, why are you listening? No, thanks for listening. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe they're relieved that it's not a three-hour episode anymore. Well, do me a favor. If you don't like the episode but you still listen, just download it. That way it looks like somebody listened on my uh, statistics. Just download it and then delete it for me, would you please? Um, so anyway, I'm going to be there. Uh, I wish I could list all the things that I found wrong with my car because it is unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it's You're one of those... You're going to have a brand new car soon. It basically is a brand new car at this point. Uh, I went through all of it. I didn't find anything really wrong with the front per se. I just made a couple adjustments. Um other than that, I just made sure everything moved properly and greased everything. I'm like, okay, this is all normal. Went to the back. Everything is wrong. So it's it's funny because I had to think about it in global terms. I'm like, is all the work that I did what was making the car perform poorly? Because I was really worried that I'd taken all that time to build that rear end and then fix all the mounts for it and all this other stuff, and I'm just kind of beating myself up. I'm like, what if I screwed it up twice? Because that would cost me a lot because those mounts are not the cheapest things in the world. And all the time and effort, energy, and measuring and you know BS that I had to go through to do that. And it's like, what if it wasn't me? What if it's something else? And I figured out that it, well, it kind of was something else. So um, there might be one thing that I have to adjust on it, but that might be because the chassis might be bent in a specific spot. And uh, not the right way. Yeah, it bent in the wrong way. But um, yeah, I I found a bunch of problems. Race cars typically don't handle if the suspension can't move. So I found a bunch of that happening in the back of the car. Uh, I ran it through a myriad of tests and made sure that it just it it just wouldn't actuate properly. So I went through that and I. I fixed that, and I built a new rear for it because I'm really kind of worried that Thompson is not going to be an oval track next year. Uh, so I'm kind of making preparations to move somewhere like Stafford or somewhere like that part-time. Um, I really don't know what the future holds because I'm not confident that Thompson will have an oval track next year, uh, even though they just put a brand-new scoreboard in. Um I don't know where I'm hearing that from. I'm just hearing rumblings. But then again, you hear rumblings all the time. You hear, oh, uh, I heard Oxford Plains got sold to Amazon. And it's like, no, they didn't. You know, you hear shit like that all the time. Oh, Waterford got bought by Walmart. No, they didn't. No one. It, you hear this shit constantly. And it's like, I just hear Thompson, you know, might not be uh, the ACT and pass might not come back. And I'm like, well, they also 
haven't announced anything that they are. So I'm just kind of concerned. I mean, we're at the last race of the year. Wouldn't you give guys a little bit of uh, warning if you're coming back or leaving? I mean, we didn't even get a schedule until what? End of last week? Tuesday. Or Tuesday, yeah. A week or two before, it's like, oh, man. So that's worrying. Uh, luckily, all my stuff for Stafford I still have, and uh, I can switch over if I have to, and I'm not taking the days off of work if I'm going to race there. I'm just going to go up there after work, show up, and uh, unload and go. But uh, Practice during the race. Yeah, I get pr- plenty of practice. Setup can't be that different, right? Yeah, practice during the race. <laughs> I got the, I mean, the car, the engine is sealed up for Stafford. Ryan Rocco never needed practice. No, you always show up, do a donut, and then go hit the heat race. Um, I just would need tires and some sponsors and stuff. So, I mean, do you um, have to change anything suspension wise? I know they had some weird rules for a while. I don't know if they changed anything recently. I think, I think I'd need to change the center link. Uh, because I think I have an adjustable one in there right now for the other tracks, but I don't think they allow it. So I have my stock one. I'll just throw that back in. Um, I think other than that, I'd have to change mufflers and carburetor. Um, what is that thing called? Spacer? Yes. Uh, I'd have to change that spacer and make sure that the rear end is uh, unlocked. Like I'd have to make sure that it's open. I might put together a backup rear with my bolt-in nine-inch just to be safe, but I have all the stuff to do that, so it's not a big deal. Um, it kind of sucks, you know. It it really does because um, I'm hearing stuff about like, uh, what is it? Lee USA just got or is in the process of being sold. Yeah, and uh, it. I mean, it's probably it's more than likely going to remain a racetrack because it's being bought by somebody who owns a racetrack. So I'm not really that worried. Yeah, who is it that raced ACT said it was going to be? It's the guy who owned... Um, ben Borowski from Hudson. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hudson's a neat place, and he definitely made that place look really nice, too, and he's he's turned it around a lot. So Yeah. I mean, I have good... Uh, and he's probably going to keep it in HSTRA and all this other stuff, and Lee is a really racy, neat little racetrack, so I really hope for the best for them um, in the future. I also heard Irwindale, the property got sold to different people as well, but the racing is going to continue and all this conflicted stuff and just, just bad. That's happened with Irwindale about 37 times. I know. Why can't they just wash their hands of that thing and just be like, look, Irwindale's cool. Just leave it alone. Why doesn't NASCAR just leave auto club alone? If they really want a freaking short track in that market, it's 40 minutes down the road. Yeah. Put up here. I got an idea. Put up some backstretch grandstands and just let them have at it. <laughs> Jesus. You Take know? some of the grandstands you can't fill at Auto Club and move them over there. Right. 40-minute drive. I don't know. So if anybody out there is very interested in having me go race at Stafford, email me, makinglapspodcast at gmail.com. Let's be some marketing partners. I might mention that later just to get it back in your head so uh, I can try to get somebody on board here. I'd be heartbroken if Thompson went away. I love that place and... I mean, for obvious reasons, but I really want to race there again. I mean, the problem is, is it isn't going away. It's just going to be part of a road course instead because those people just aren't interested in it because it just doesn't make them enough money on overhand. You know what I mean? Here's how to make they marketed it properly. It would. All you need to do to make Thompson viable. You don't even have to run a full schedule, run a, you know, make it a special event market like it used to be sometimes and. Run it on a weekend, for God's sakes. Put it on Sundays, make the rules the same as everyone else, and just run it. It'll literally be better. 
Like yeah, that's they. That's the biggest reason the car counts suck is they have their own rules. They're on an they, island. They set the place up to fail by giving them a midweek show. No midweek show works. It just doesn't. Don't take my Thompson away. No, and they're and I really hate seeing the. Uh, Facebook and whatever posts saying, oh, it's a tradition. It's the 60th World Series. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, not if ownership has anything to say about it. And you can't tell me they don't know that we are pissed off. I just don't think they care. So, Jonathan doesn't give a shit. No. I, re- I really, truly believe that, that he doesn't care about anything but his sports car club and his golf course. Right. I don't... <sighs> It's it's a kind of a kick in the balls because you forget how much that facility kept them going when the road course failed twice before. Yep. And it's uh, failing again. Basically you you take and you uh bite the hand that fed you by just chucking us out on our ass. So, you know. And the sad thing is we keep coming back, but it's such an awesome <laughs> place, you can't help but keep coming back. It really is. It's and such a good place. I'm sorry. I, I hope um, somehow Jonathan hears this, but if he, he realized how many people actually love that place, and if they did the schedule that all of us racers would like them to have there, we're not asking for 30 races a year. No. Eight races, run them on Sundays, done. That's fine. You would fill that place with cars every race, especially if you matched rules with Stafford and Waterford. Well, Waterford would have to match as well because a lot of their divisions aren't that great either. We'll so. try with Waterford first. I think first. you might see some Waterford rules change next year. I guarantee you're going to see Waterford rules change next year. Uh, and I hope they do because they're yeah, great because Marfield screwed it all up. Anyway, why don't we move it on because we could bitch about stuff all week. Uh, but that's for the remaining shows of this season. Uh, why don't we move into the much-anticipated uh, second segment of the show, and that is the DARF comment of the week. There we go. I don't think miss this music. Yeah, you'll miss it in the off-season, trust me. <laughs> Set your alarm to that. I'll be texting Jesse at 3 a.m. Can you send me the wave file to that? It's time to wake up. <laughs> we need to make it a ringtone. Yes. <laughs> Uh, all right. So for this week's Darf comment of the week, you know what? I kind of uh, went down a different path because I'd been picking fans of the sport, and it's all too easy to pick stupid fans because they're everywhere. And I have this that this running theme that NASCAR fans are the worst sports fans in all of sports. And Jesse will be very quick to tell you that uh, what's the literacy rate? Fifty-four percent of Americans cannot read have uh, reading literacy past the sixth grade level. Right. That's right. Uh, So here's somebody that does have a literacy level above sixth grade, and it is a a comment that was made by uh, media member Nick Bromberg, which Phil just laughed. (laughs) I have him muted on on Twitter for a reason. (laughs) Okay, so he posted... No wonder I didn't see this. Of course. Well, I was kind of digging here, but... Burn, um, bong, fit, stein every single time. <laughs> oh. All right, so he... This guy's a clown. He took a he took a 
excerpt, I was trying to find the word there, of one of the articles he wrote that ended up on The Athletic. And if you know what The Athletic is, it means you can't read this without paying. Um, so I tried to click on it, and it says, join for only a dollar a month. And I'm like, no. So I just clicked off of it. And I read his excerpt. Now, his excerpt is from an article where he wrote about the next-gen car safety concerns and driver's concerns and all this other nonsense, okay? But he talks about Jeff Burton for some reason, uh, and he's talking about the comments, and he says, the out. here's a quote, okay? It's included in his tweet, and I'll read his tweet in a second. Quote, The outspoken comments might not be a welcome development for Jeff Burton, the NBC sports analyst and retired driver, who serves as a go-between for NASCAR and competitors as the head of the Drivers' Advisory Council. Burton on Friday called a meeting with the drivers to review safety-related data and slides from NASCAR and urged them to communicate through proper channels instead of airing grievances in the media. That was part of the article. Now, Bromberg tweets this in relation to that little uh, excerpt. He says, Jeff Burton is a media member. While you may agree with his advice, he should not be in a position to give it to drivers as long as he's a media member. Yet another example of the myriad of glaring conflicts of interests for NASCAR TV analysts. Okay. Does this guy not realize who Jeff Burton is? So, what conflict of interest does... Oh, that song goes on forever. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so what conflict of interest does being a broadcaster have if he's involved in the driver's council? Elected. Yes. you have. To, he was literally elected by the drivers who knew of his position to head the driver's council. And I know his argument would be, well, he shouldn't have taken it or they shouldn't have voted for him. All right, well, let's I mean, just... Who's, I mean, whose best interest is it supposed to be serving? Well, you know, <laughs> if he was a reporter or a journalist... I would say maybe because then he would possibly be granted insider access that other media members don't get. But he's neither of those. He's an analyst. So he, he is not writing articles for competing media outlets or creating content with the information he's privy to. He talks about racing when they are racing. <laughs> That's literally what an analyst does. So, well, yeah, what what kind of conflict of interest does Mr. Berg think? Who's Mr. Something Berg? Brom. Mr. Mr. Pootberg. Think? Not Brown. It's Brom. Yeah. So what? <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah. I guess probably he's probably just bitching because he 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 wants he wants uh, drivers to just fly off the handle so he can get some really good quotes. Uh, That's probably what it really sounds like. Mr. Bromberg also forgets that one of his outlets that he writes for, uh, Yahoo Sports, is a sponsor of the Joe Gibbs Racing 20 car. So even he is guilty of some kind of conflict of interest, if that's what he's accusing Burton of. Uh, What percentage of that would you say? About 20. Hmm, Maybe. Uh, let's see. Nick Bromberg is one of those reporters that everyone knows about. Not for their journalistic integrity or ethics, but mm, as a shit stirrer. 
The kind of guy you roll your eyes at whenever he asks a question in the press conferences. Uh, well, okay, maybe not that bad. But he's an observer more than a participant. But come on. Don't stoop to the level of being so threatened by someone that you publicly call them out, even if their job is not what you think it is. So shut up. Uh, grow up, Mr. Bromberg, because you're going to need a lot of strength to carry your DARF Comment Award of the Week. From now on, you're Gober Pyle. <laughs> Group him right in with all those YouTube idiots that think they're great. I can't wait for this, the person. Black who, flags matter and all them. I mean, Darian's not that bad. Ugh. But he is just another kind of random YouTuber who has a lot less experience than they believe. There's a lot of no-name ones, too. Oh, Definitely. there's a ton of them. Yeah, there's a lot of them. So, I mean, yeah, they're everywhere. I agree so. with Phil. There's a ton of them. All the clickbaity sound. All clickbaity titles. One, one YouTuber that I actually watch that reports on NASCAR, and it's uh, out of the groove. Eric Estep or whatever, he's actually pretty good because he takes time to investigate things and he learns about it and understands NASCAR. Yeah, the, but all these other guys so are just like shock reporters. They like to just get clips and clicks. It's all they're about. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate some of the content that they provide. Like they they can learn about somebody like Tim Richmond and create their own little video about him, or like some historical event in NASCAR and make their own little video about it. I mean, most of the time they're pretty factual, but like I, I appreciate the enthusiasm from most of these inexperienced novice YouTubers. Um, but yeah, I mean, don't I'll don't even, consider them to be media. I'll even piss off Jesse a little bit and say I, I'll group slap shoes in there sometimes. Only a little bit, but he does a lot of history stuff instead of like a lot of his history stuff is really good. But when he starts reporting on current stuff, I'm like, dude, shut up. <laughs> just shut up i haven't seen a lot of his current stuff like he's only done like five or six of them and i'm yeah, like yeah so i mean i nah. haven't seen too many of them the yeah, worst I'll check it out before i make it the worst of all of the youtubers is david land he literally does it in his dad's basement with I messy don't. ass hair oh my god he's terrible don't waste i've your heard time. Of, i've heard of the name but i don't know who he is i've never watched he, his stuff <laughs> I, I called his ass out on Twitter and he blocked me. I was like, yes, now I don't have to see your bullshit anymore. You could just mute him. <laughs> I I mute him and then everybody like Although, tweets and then I end up seeing it anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it's easier if he blocks you because then you don't have to go looking and clicking to block him because he'll do it for you. Genius, actually. You get him to do the work for you. All right. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean... I'm trying to think. I mean, I think some of the best non-media members who are NASCAR YouTubers, I'd probably say NASCAR Man and Brock Beard put together some good collaborations. Uh, they yeah, do some. They do pretty interesting stuff for historical uh, purposes. Um, what's that? Oh, it's Smith TV. He posts all the old races, but he does. A, yeah, that's literally just archival footage. It's just races. His archive collection is amazing, and it's fantastic. I love watching the old races. Speaking of uh, yeah, terrible journalism. What do we got? Did you hear about the, the Good Morning America piece? Oh, I'd heard about it, but I didn't watch the whole thing because uh, daytime television is trash and all um, media Well, is there's garbage. a clip. Oh, yeah. let's see what it is. It's a two-minute-twelve clip. And uh, first of all, there's a lower third 
let me introduce it on Good Morning America. Says NASCAR drivers race raise safety concerns, uh-huh. controversy over next generation cars and trucks after multiple crashes. First off, I have questions. Shoot! Before I even press play, is this next gen cars and trucks? Is the trucks also a next gen? Is what they're trying to apply, or are we doing? Uh, are we comparing apples and oranges? I think there's just next gen cars. And trucks. It's not next-gen trucks. I think it's just the current cars are next-gen cars, and that's why they put that first, and then they put trucks second. But if it it was a next-gen truck, they would have said next-gen cars and next-gen trucks. They should have just said next-gen cars. How about trucks and next-gen cars? Yeah, or... I guess. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Camping world trucks. Yeah, whatever it is. (laughs) New next-gen car voicing concerns about safety Showing following injuries to some drivers. Anderson ABC's right Ellen away. Lopez has the yep. latest that ahead crash. of today's playoff race at Talladega and Super Speedway. Absolute Ellen, smoke show. Yeah, Eva, good morning to you. This weekend, two drivers were missing from that race as sidelined after suffering concussions. And this Hang time, on, pause another one. Wor- Why is she wearing a neck brace? No, I don't know. Oh, that's a turtleneck. Maybe safety. Oh. This is about safety. That's why she wears a neck brace. It's safety. I thought it was one of those weird soft collar things. Carry on. Maybe it's the trains trying to hide the Adam's apple. This is the new world we live in. Oh, boy. Let's just move on. Off the tracks, Jordan Anderson jumping out of his burning truck on Saturday. Off the tracks. Just in the nick of time. Her voice is horrible. This morning, NASCAR driver Jordan Anderson. show a clip of a a still picture of what's supposed to be Jordan Anderson. It is Myatt Snyder. Moving on. Suffering. Oh, another one. A second picture of Myatt Snyder. Of Myatt Snyder. The NASCAR and now they show the clip of Jordan Super Anderson. Speedway. And that's a big hit. Oh, wow. oh, my goodness. Holy cow, that was dramatic. Plumes of smoke billowing from his truck. These people have never seen racing before. It looks like flames inside the cab of the truck. Crashing up against the inside wall. Yeah, they do that. Crashing out of one of his truck's windows. Anderson airlifted to the hospital with severe burns. The fiery Pause. crash. Un- the fiery crash. She Shut sounds up, like. Bitch. No, I'm sorry, but she sounds like the Asian reporter on Family Guy. Does she not? <laughs> I'm not yes. kidding. Does she not sound like her? What the, hell is her what the hell was her name? Oh, I can only. Hang on. Google the way. Go ahead. I'll <laughs> probably got the, the last name Lee As racers Lou. Alex Bowman and Kurt Busch are sidelined, Bush both sidelined. with concussions after suffering injuries in NASCAR's new next generation cars. I got it. Drivers say the concern is that the new cars need Trisha to be Takenawa. able to withstand the force of a collision better and ultimately are a lot different than the Gen 6 models. You know, the, the chassis are, are now different. A, now, hold on. This is, this is a... Uh, now, let's listen to what this man has to say first. This is NASCAR driver Jesse Iwuji. And uh, he's had I'll a lot you of minute, experience. I'll give, you, I'll give you a minute to chew on Maybe it. Maybe they're too stiff. Maybe the energy isn't dissipating in the way they need to. Okay. Now, Jesse Iwuji, as the panel knows, I mean, here, his comment was pretty much what it is in a very parrots, loosely generic term. Well, it parrots everything that everyone else has said. Correct. So, but, I mean, they asked him, and he was the vessel to pass that information along. So he did. That's true, but you know, as an expert, Jesse Wuji has never driven a cup car, pre-gen or next-gen, and he barely drives an Xfinity car. Right. So, <laughs> it is very short career. <laughs> so, good, good good choice. Good choice. Good morning, America. 
Well, Those drivers he is now feeling the heat creative. from NASCAR's most famed drivers, including champion driver Chase Elliott. Those types that of actually is Chase Elliott. And injuries in the past handful of years. I just hate to see us go backwards, and I'm afraid that we have. You've got high-profile drivers, in this case Bush and Bowman, who Ooh, are out they don't because give you a lower of concussions third that, that they lady. have suffered while driving this new car. Yeah, this no is on NASCAR this to is. fix this and to fix it now. Probably a lawyer. And NASCAR <laughs> is working on addressing those issues. Yeah, they are adamant Lopez. that they are collaborating within the industry to get to the bottom of this. Definitely. When- All right, we'll stay on top of it, she Ellen. Thank you. Definitely got there, not because she's hot. Her voice is horrific. Definitely. She definitely sounds like she's it. like no. forcing her lower jaw forward to talk like this. She's got a face for TV, I'll tell you that. But like the voice, man, I don't have either, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But you know. Um, it's just, so, uh, <laughs> this is why you don't ever watch the news people. Yeah. This, this is why I get my news from a Vietnamese basket weaving forum. Correct. You know what the unfortunate upside of this is? It's uh, probably going to bring in new viewers because they're going to be like, Oh, there's crashes and fire and people can die. Oh, so it wakes the normies up. Oh, so it's basically yeah. like how NASCAR gained Bring in popularity. the DARFs. Okay. <laughs> so wait a minute. NASCAR gained popularity because it was dangerous and romantic and and heroic, and then it became too safe and people ran away. Now it's dangerous again. So now they're back on the news. Maybe that'll bring fans back. We we want <laughs> you back. Oh no! Wait, that's, that's only terrible old racetracks that reporting. we care about. Oh yeah. I'm sorry, but uh, this is why you don't watch the news because it is just that is terrible, terrible reporting. It is. It's dumbed down, even I mean, dumber than dumb. Like. This is yeah. Sorry, I'm, a, I'm I've majored in propaganda, and this is dumb as far so. <laughs> just he did. I just, Even if it was technically film studies, it is propaganda. Yeah. So I don't watch communist TV. No, no. So yeah, I had to for school. There's that. That's why I know all about it. So that was terrible. Anyway, yeah, next I mean, topic. Show. They had multiple opportunities to show the right picture, and they still showed Myatt Snyder twice. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's like CNN when they <laughs> Gulf War number one when CNN yeah. when CNN was busted for faking live reports, which was in a, a mobile home on the parking lot in CNN. They've been doing it ever since. So, can yeah. we be fair though? There's not much difference between Maya Snyder and Jordan Anderson. They both tear up everything they drive. Very true, but Jordan Anderson owns the stuff he tears up, and fair. this wasn't his fault. Right, his engine blew yeah, up. No, I mean, this, he built the this, engine. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> if he built the engine, no, I think yeah. they're Ilmore spec motors in those. Yeah, that's the worst part. Um, anyway, uh, why don't we move on to news that uh, we missed because we released the show too early? Apparently. Oh yes, uh, we should make this a friggin' uh, a segment. Uh, segment. It's like news of yesterday. Yeah, news we missed because we're punctual, I guess, and NASCAR isn't. Um. Is there a theme song for that? <laughs> we're gonna need. We're gonna need this. Yeah, we're gonna need that. It's just gonna be uh, whop, whop, whop. current current events from the past. Current events from last week that are already passed because another race already happened. Right. NASCAR penalized William Byron twenty five driver and owner points plus fifty thousand dollars for his Texas retaliation against Denny Hamlin. They also fined Ty Gibbs seventy five thousand dollars for swerving and hitting Ty Dillon towards. 
a pit crew on an active pit road. Good. Because he was that's given fucking dumb. He was given no point penalty personally as he earns Xfinity instead of cup points, but the 23 car was handed a 25 point owner's point penalty. I believe Byron's team is appealing their penalty. Um, Why can't they penalize Gibbs for with Xfinity points or something? Because they did that. To it's not Kyle. an Xfinity race, though. They, I don't think doesn't matter. Do yeah, I know, they but did I think it they're going to gonna, Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick. I know, but I think they're moving away from that now because it's different. I know they should, but the, it's eh, if you. Eh, I can't really. I can't agree with it. You know what I mean? Um, they probably shouldn't have done it to uh, Kyle Busch or Kevin Harvick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking that they shouldn't have did it to those guys. That's why, because it was a different series. I mean, as a Kevin Harvick fan, I agree, but... Well, I'm not a Ty Gibbs fan, and I agree, so... <laughs> Once again, NASCAR is consistently inconsistent. Correct. You said it. Yeah. And uh, in the second instance and, of things being oh, reported after the show I airs, agree with that. Uh, I also think this was also for the William Byron. That was definitely inconsistent, because before you would be put to the back of the pack for doing that. Now they claim, oh, we didn't see it because it's playoff people involved. And I mean, we didn't see it even though we have 47 monitors and, and a camera in every car. 20, yeah, 20 different replays. I mean, no, they literally have an in car camera in every single car. Right. Now. And NASCAR's PR media sure as hell posted literally 10 minutes after. Did you notice on Twitter? By the way, interesting you mentioned that because uh, this week the person who ran. NASCAR's Twitter, I believe, and social media, uh, left. Oh. Isn't Who that was it? Was it Megan oh. Thompson? No, it wasn't Megan Thompson. It was a guy with a, a oh, really? Latin American name. So I she, so whoever was made NASCAR's officiating team look stupid on accident, and now they had to leave. I am looking it up. Hang on a second. Just keep talking. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know if Me Megan Thompson used to actually be really fun to watch, uh, follow, but I don't know if she still does the NASCAR PR. Well, stuff. yeah, whoever it is that Brent's looking up, apparently, yeah, posted it ten minutes before, you know, after posted the incident ten minutes after it happened, and and NASCAR uh, afterwards said, "Oh, wait a minute, we it. don't, we don't have eyes on this. We we didn't have any eyes on. It. We didn't see it, even though okay, the I PR person. This was yesterday. Did. Okay, yeah. yesterday, Alejandro Alvarez was the guy who did the Twitter." Yeah. He posted, you know how you can record the screen on your phone and like watch everything you do? Yeah. I'm actually going to take this tweet and send it to Phil for a moment. Give me a second. Yeah. Send the tweet via direct message to Phil. There we go. All right. This is the guy who did it. And it shows him basically posting the tweet that Chase Elliott uh, was the winner at NASCAR. He finished his daily task. And then it shows him signing out of the NASCAR page. So isn't that kind of interesting to you that... So he told everyone that he left. I got to live my dream for nearly four years. Every tweet was part of a lifelong love letter. Every photo, a memory that I'll keep for the rest of my life because it's on his phone. Thank you, at NASCAR. His Twitter handle is at WhyNotAlvarez. Hmm. Yeah. So, so he didn't elaborate, though? Nope, that's it. So you think he was walked out the door? Uh, I think he was let go, honestly. Mm. Because I think he made NASCAR... Conspiracy theory me says that he was let go because he made NASCAR officiating look stupid by posting the video 
when they said they never saw it. Or did they force him to resign? A lot of companies like to try and do that bullshit. Again, conspiracy theory me says that he was I don't know. gotten rid of. But uh yeah, I think uh I I don't like the fact that he did his job and he did his job I mean, with no malintent. He interacted with the fans and, with and what they saw job, on the did broadcast. Did his job correctly and he's still going to get fired for it. That smells like racism. I mean, his last name is he's Alejandro Alvarez. Yeah. I don't think he's white. Yeah, I think I think he should sue. <laughs> he should. Fuck it. He Especially should. They that did shit. that shit to him. That's horseshit. Did you get that tweet? Oh yeah. All right, good. So he says he quit. He says so many really kind words. I should quit things more often. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> But actually, maybe no- you'll get the chance soon someday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but actually, knowing that I played a role and an impact on how a sport I love is perceived means the world to me. I can't wait to watch as a fan again. It's like, bro, we know you got let go. <laughs> we do. You know you got hosed. Yeah, we do. Yeah, and uh, William Byram hosed himself twenty five owner points, and going into this race this weekend, he was uh, narrowly above the cutoff line. I don't see him winning this appeal. Uh, but he no. was below it going into this week. He came yeah, that's out what above. I, yeah, that's what I mean. I meant to say he went below the cut line. I mean, Jeremy Clements, it, yeah. when Jeremy Clements won his appeal, I was shocked because right. usually you don't win your appeal. But I really yeah, don't Mike Harmon was pissed. <laughs> uh, or Carl Long, rather. Oh, yeah, I bet he was. Um, but I bet, I bet Byron doesn't win this appeal. If he does, it'd be a very big surprise to me. Now that I said it, he probably will. Nah. Yeah, you know what I think is going to happen. Hmm? I think he gonna win. he's not going to win the appeal, but they might tack on a points penalty of some sort to Hamlin too for his attempted retaliation. No, they were under caution out of his position. The problem is, is they're not going to because they didn't. After they didn't, when they had the chance to, they can't just say, "Hey, by the way, three weeks ago you tried to do this. We're going to penalize you." They can't now. They should have gave uh, Dan Hamill some kind of penalty for hitting a car into caution out of his spot too. So, oh, oh yeah, that is kind of off the, off the line. So yeah, they probably should have given him have, ten but... points and Byron twenty five if they're going to do it that way. Yeah, a little more consistency in consistent NASCAR. Anyway, they'll never be consistent no. at anything but being inconsistent. And that's the one thing we can count on. Hmm. Anyway, what about Stafford, Brent? Oh, let's see. In the second instance of things being reported after the show airs, our show that is, Anthony Bello was DQ'd from his September 24th fall final Saturday win due to post- shocking post-race <laughs> adjustment. I see, <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, <laughs> post-race adjustments. A, oh. a, a video uh, or picture or screen cap or whatever of Stephen Kopsick, the alleged uh, crew chief setup guy, showed him kneeling at the left front tire in victory lane. A video later surfaced of him reaching in behind the left front tire, allegedly adjusting the shock so it would meet post-race ride height rules. Not sure, but the rule states that every car that goes to victory lane or wherever may not be touched or adjusted in any way before technical inspection. That's pretty much for any car, even if you don't win. Um, This was enough for Stafford to DQ the car and suspend Kopsik for the final event of the season. Mike Christopher Jr. was awarded the win. Do we have any more infractions that we can go through? Because we're talking about them, why not? Yeah, here we go. There's one here. Because Stafford actually posts them. I like to see them. 
All right, what do we got? Up top, we got... Oh. SK Light Driver Nick Anglace. Infraction. Actions detrimental to the sport. Swearing over the PA. Penalties. $200 fine payable to whatever dog shelter. That's normal for that clown. Why didn't they... Did you know they say different, anyone missing? Yeah, did you notice somebody missing that we'd actually played on the show last week? Like uh, Tommy Baldwin? <laughs> this pit road is a piece of shit. Remember that? Said it over the PA. I, I guess shit may not be a swear. They say it on did, South Park. Did that go and cable. over the PA? Or is that just? Oh well, yeah, I guess when, the flow broadcast does go over the PA. Uh, yeah, the whole thing goes over the PA. Uh, I didn't see his name in the uh, penalty notices, though. They probably knew he wasn't going to be back this week. <laughs> <laughs> they knew they weren't going to collect it. Still, though, you should probably do it. <laughs> but I mean, uh, uh. <laughs> Anyway, just pointing out the you know we're just pointing out the things we see. I'm sorry, but you know when we made a big deal of finding that I literally went and found the sound and we played it on the show. I actually did producing last week, and then I'm like, wait a minute, this kid got fined. And by the way, uh, Anglace was not racing this past week because he had quote unquote concussion like symptoms. From what? I think he was sure. joke. I think he was joking, but. Uh, I think he used that as kind of a, you know, topical ploy. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! And just used it as a way to not show up or explain his lack of participation. Bill McNeil, take my ball and go home. Yeah. And that's probably why they bought a Tor-type modified engine. Anyway. But they said they're coming back to Stafford, so best of luck. Look, it, Nick. Nick's a really good driver. He just doesn't use his head. That's the only problem. If he would calm down and use his head, he might actually be likable. Yeah, he's just one of those young, dumb, and full of cum guys. So, yep. He'll All right. he'll figure it out eventually, and he'll he'll turn it around and buzz off like twenty wins in his career. But yeah, until he you, does, he's not gonna. You, once you start inching towards thirty, you start to calm down, and then once you start inching towards forty, yeah. then you. Kind of rile yourself back up because you want to fight everybody because you're angry for being old. Um, Shut up. Some guys like that down here. <laughs> trust me, I'm all about it. All right. Why don't we go to Stafford? Because I was there. I was filming from the infield. The man with the red hat. Yes. I was I, watching on my couch in Florida. <laughs> during the hurricane. Where, no. where it was warm. It wasn't so bad. I had a sweatshirt on, and then I put my really thin hoodie over that, and I was pretty good for the rest of the night, so it wasn't so bad. I don't like it. It wasn't warm, <laughs> which I hate. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't have to wear two layers. But, I promise you that much. you know what? I'd rather it be cold because I have to wear pants all day because I'm supposed to go down on pit road. I want you to wear pants every day. I am... No, I own my own home. I don't have to wear pants whenever I want. <laughs> Hell, I don't wear pants when I'm on conference calls. <laughs> Gets up and just bare asses walks away. <laughs> I've I've been pissed off at a customer before and completely thought about just standing up and being like, all right. Just shake it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Arrested. All right. Stafford. Fired. <laughs> both. Stafford Champions Night. I like that Champions Night is its own separate thing from the fall final because it gives the weekly guys 
a chance to be the spotlight and not get lost in the shuffle of having tour type modifieds and all this other stuff that people might not come to see the weekly guys. This showcases the weekly guys. You know, it gives them their own special night. I like it. Anyone else? I mean, it's just... I don't mind it. It's just, I don't know, for everybody that is so used to the the fall final being the last race of the year, it kind of gets confusing. I didn't... Like, rolling up to the end of the year, because I'm not there every week, I was like, oh, fall final. That's the last race of the year. Start making plans for this Friday. I was like, oh, wait, I got a race I got to watch. It should be called the fall second to last. Fall penultimate. <laughs> the no. fall final final. We mean it this time. Yeah. But no, it's it's the fall final. Final. Just call Tour it the fall m- brawl like every other track in the country. Oh, yeah. There you go. Oktoberfest. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wait, it wasn't October yet. All right, so street stocks. Why don't we just start this thing? All right. Why not? We're 48 minutes, Brent. Don't rush. <laughs> well, I mean, we got a lot to go through. No, here. I know. <laughs> I mean, plus, I haven't been feeling great the last two days, and my throat's really sore, so apologies. Ryan if- Waterman's going to appreciate it because got he's got a long ride every day, so. All, the, all our trucker listeners just love it because they're like, two and a half hours, sweet. More time to not have to change shows. All right. Street Stocks. Bill Cody led him to green with Travis Hydar already wrapping up the title the week before. Uh, lap three, Jason Lafayette would squeeze by on the bottom for the lead, bringing Bobby Stark third with him. That would be short-lived as Stark would get by a lap later. Lap eight, Marvin Minkler would spin in turn three and bring out a yellow. Lap 12, Tyler Trott makes an ill-advised dive under Jason Lafayette, spins him into turn one. Scheduled tweet. Oh, I didn't know you made that into a sound. <laughs> I like how you took your headphones off and stuck us with it because we were just going to get ripped. We really should just make a Tyler Trott drinking game for oh. the street stock features. They trapped him against turn one after he spun out. Uh, both oh, yeah. both of them would continue. No sense in putting him to the back because he was already there. Uh, four to go. Rob Sears spun into turn one to bring out a late caution, but would continue. I th- no, actually, he wouldn't continue. I think he got taken off on the hook, if I'm not mistaken. Um, in a poorly timed but well-intentioned coincidence, the video board showed a happy birthday message to the ill-fated Rob Sears, who was busy getting... <laughs> hooked off the racetrack. Well, at least he could watch it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Great idea. Hey, there's my name. <laughs> hey, happy birthday to me. Thanks, guys. Oh, I'm hey. out of the race. Hey, I got two balls you can kick. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I just bend over and make this easier for you? Uh, two to go. Pole sitter Bill Cody would spin and bring out another caution. Restart. Saw Adrian Parody, uh, Paradis get the jump. But uh, no call. Did anybody else see that? I really he did. He, <laughs> it was it was a jump. He did get the jump. Um, yes. And he would take the lead going into one, but coming to the white they flag. They don't like to call back. They don't like to make extra yellows on the supporting divisions. We kind of we we know. And and it, it was just like, come on, can we get this over with? Yeah, it's going to be a long cold. Ride, wrap it okay? up, B. It's a long ride, and I want this over with. Uh, let's see, but. Uh, Coming to the white flag, Stirk would have none of it. He would poke his nose back underneath for the lead. Uh, Trot would go flying through the infield and turn one off the nose of, <laughs> of Lafayette. 
I believe. What do you have that labeled? Is that just trot dive bomb? It's a well, it's a Stuka siren from the from the Stuka uh, eighty eight bombers, dive bombers World of War Two. Yeah, yeah, the Ju eighty uh, sevens. Yeah, um, they made that sound when they. <laughs> they're the scariest goddamn thing. It's the, the scariest part. fucking sound besides those buzz bombs. Yeah, what were they called? Ah, oh, shoot the the big rockets that the Nazis built that were the X one or whatever. Yeah, I forget what the hell they were called. They were called buzz bombs because they were made with some specific type of rocket. But this isn't World War Two history hour. Uh, let's see. I'll think of the name later, and then we'll. Have... I wish it was. Where did Tyler Trot end up? Back on the track? I, yeah, he went through the turn one infield, back out onto the track, and I think he caught back up with Lafayette, who I believe spun him out for retaliation. And uh, the ensuing fracas collected Lafayette. I think Trot might have spun up high but didn't get hit by anything. Uh, he got Lafayette would get melee by Minkler, uh, just crushed in turn one. Uh, action wasn't over because uh, it was a side-by-side battle for the lead with... Uh, Travis Hydar in third, right on the bumper, waiting for these guys to make a mistake. Uh, let's see. I'm sorry, I lost my place. Stark made a hard charge to the bottom of Parody. Paradis, sorry, he's French, whatever. Uh, beat him to the line to win his sixth feature of the year. Uh, Brandon Warren. Capping off a terrible <laughs> year. Brandon Warren saw a almost top five run vanish as he... Looks like he just kind of slid up the hill. I didn't see much contact or anything because he, he got, got slideways and then I don't think Daisy. I don't think he lifted. I think he was interested in just getting to the flag, but he should have been interested in saving the car and just taking your lumps because he overcorrected and planted his car head on into the wall, destroying that thing uh, on Never the last made it to the line on the last corner of the last lap of the last feature of the year when he probably could have just lifted and saved it, but. Enthusiasm probably got the best of them, I think. Ouch. Which really sucks, because uh, he had a great run going. Oh, that hurt my back just L- thinking about it. Let me go it. back to that that last Tyler Trot incident, though. So he he tried to retaliate, or he did retaliate intentionally on Lafayette? No, I think Lafayette got him back, because Lafayette was behind him. Okay. I, I wasn't understanding what you were saying about when he came back out on the track. No, he when they went when they went into turn one, I think he got turned into the infield. Uh, trot, I think Trot got turned okay. into the infield, and uh, I think it was retaliatory contact. Mm. And Laf- he spun through the infield, came back out in front of Lafayette. Lafayette had to try to avoid him, got tagged, spun out, and Minkler just freaking meleeed him. Gotcha. I think okay. Trot well- just spun up or Trot. I think he just slid up the racetrack. I don't think he hit anything though. I'm happy to hear that because then we would have had to do another episode of announce penalties announced the week after we recorded for him getting <laughs> suspended for the first race of next year. Yeah. No, he didn't hit the guy twice. I think he got hit good the second time. I, I want to see that kid again, kind of like Nick Anglace, calm back down. He used to win some races. He can get back there. Oh, yeah. That's He's a done it for long car. enough. That's the thing. There should be I no mean, excuse. You think about the cars that are in his stable i mean bertolette drives one of them and he's second in points and he's quick so well, I that mean, 80 just, car that he drives is waterman's old 75 from thompson that's a fast freaking car yeah that was the old stewart chassis car that was a good car yep uh yeah i feel bad for brandon warren though because he buried oh, that thing uh that thing that thing is toast yeah that's a front clip minimum maybe uh, a right side rail yeah it could be but i don't know i don't think he hit that hard i think he just kind of squished it all right, now, 
through all these features, I'm going to do something called, because I was in every victory lane, uh, I'm going to do something called the Championship Celebration Fake Champagne Soak Factor, and I'm going to rate it out of 10. So <laughs> Travis Hydar is the champion, and they had bottles of fake champagne down there, basically what, spa- sparkling apple cider or something like that? Sure. I, I don't know. Bubbly. What the, I don't know what the hell fake champagne is. Okay, it's um, bubbly and it sprays everywhere. Right. Um, okay, so I'm going to rate this one out of ten, a three out of ten, because uh, Ernie LaRose got me on my bare hand with some spray as he went after Travis, and uh, that was about it. I didn't get it anywhere else, and he didn't hit the camera. So yeah, hand got pretty soaked, but camera was still good. I give him a three out of ten. Should have been more than. Should have got all soaked. Don't worry, that comes later. <laughs> uh, late models. Holy crap, do I have notes for this one. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, let's go into this nice and calmly, shall we? Did, did, before you even start, did you see the replay that was posted today by Bennett? Yes, Jesse and I both watched it at the same time. On uh, different phones. On different phones, uh, coincidentally, actually. Yes, it's uh yeah, that was wild. That I don't have four <laughs> GoPros, but that was I'm glad he didn't lose it. That was extremely satisfying if you're a fan of Monster Jam. Yeah. As somebody who's gone up and over somebody twice. Well, we'll get into it later. I've gone up and over. Somebody. <laughs> All right. So John Blake led him to green as uh, Adam Gray already wrapped up the championship the week before. Uh I think it's Aidan Burrell. Stopped with a mechanical problem just before pit road entry for a lap one caution. He tried, but it just wouldn't roll any further. Uh, A few laps later, Blake and Michael Bennett would get together and the field would scatter, but not before Gray would get spun and collect David Ray, Alexander Fern, and she was in the 12 car. Wasn't that the lap one restart that opened the door for the 39 (laughs) of Paul Verrecchio to go three wide? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And And uh, it got a little tight there. And then body panels were flying everywhere. Guys were spinning all over the place. The, the night girls got knocked too. out. Yeah. Got, you know, uh, I think that was the moment where Michael Bennett's uh, brain went full baked potato. Well, he did retain the lead after that because he didn't spin. Yeah. Uh, Adam Gray went spinning and Andrew Durand went spinning. A bunch of other cars got collected. I don't believe anybody got taken out per se. Everyone would continue with varying levels of damage. Let's see. Lap three, Mark Curtis would bottom out entering turn, I think, was it? No, it was turn one, wasn't it? Turn one. <laughs> and just demolished the 23. <laughs> he just wiped him right out. I mean, it's surprised that Kevin Gamberquarter's rear end wasn't bent. I mean, this, he never was going to make that turn. He went in straight. Yeah, as soon as he bottomed out, that was game well, over. Well, his angle going into the corner was literally on the apron, and then he tried to make the corner, and that's not happening. I think his wheel left the asphalt, and that's where he bottomed out, and he should probably stay on the asphalt. Yeah, the not left great. sides were in the in the dirt there. Not great. Took the old street stock line. Yeah, and uh, Tom Butler would try to avoid as well. I think he did manage to get by. Andrew Moeller kind of got stuck in it. He would stop, but uh, P.J. Zarella didn't. Uh, he could have easily avoided if he just, I don't know, turned left and not hit the brake. Uh, but he went straight up the racetrack and pile drove Moeller in the back and destroyed the rear clip on that car. Arca brakes. Yep, pretty much. There was another car who did the exact same thing but didn't hit anybody. Um, 
This is the yeah. I think Phil, you just made uh, something right there. This is the this division kind of reminds me of iRacing's Arca Break Weekly. <laughs> yes, it really is. Very much so. It really kind of is. Jesus. Um, Moeller would continue, but his rear clip was damaged heavily. I actually caught a lot of that on video, and they shot it on the board and on the broadcast. Uh, yeah. By the way, speaking of the video board, video board poor timing number two came as they wished Adam Gray and his mom a happy birthday as he was on pit road having his crew saws all parts of his duct work off. <laughs> I'm sure that cheered him up. He could just look up to the left and see it. He's like, he's, oh, thanks. I'm sure he's got oh, a dog that can... Hey, you know, I'm sure there's a my dog you can kick, too. <laughs> hey, why don't you kick my mother while you're at it, too? Her name's on the board. Uh, <laughs> I'm Jesus. just... Stafford, I'm just kidding. I know you can't really control that because that's not part of the video, guys. Okay? I get it. It's, it's just uh, funny. It is just funny. Okay? All right. Wayne Corey Jr. would take the lead from Bennett, but contact from Bennett would send Corey up the racetrack and back to fifth because apparently... You're not allowed to pass Michael Bennett. Cleanly, either. <laughs> Cleanly. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what I'm saying. What was under his helmet went full potato. Lap it was all over. I think the, the lap one, that was it. I you think, weren't getting near him. I think all the angst from built up all over the season of losing like two rear clips and falling out of a bunch of races and all this other stuff then, probably just built up and he was like completely yeah, over it. Yeah, that lap one incident, that was it. Uh, totally he, he unplugged. He should get a first to worst nomination of some sort because you go from winning the title last year to probably one of the worst seasons I've ever seen in a late model at Stafford for a returning champion. I can't put him up for the give it away award because he didn't give it away, but I mean the we should have the uh we should have an award for that though. Uh worst defense of a title or something like that. Yeah, something like that. I finished ninth this season. I feel I feel bad because Mike is a he's a great guy, but God, this season just sucked. He's a Jekyll and Hyde. Nice guy off the track. I wouldn't want to race him, though. Yes, correct. <laughs> There's a lot of guys like that, though, to be fair. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the meat of this race would string out and go green until nine laps to go when a piece of metal debris just past the flag stand would bring out a yellow. Uh, and there was definite debris. I caught it on video. You can watch the broadcast. A big piece of... It's some crushed, kind of aluminum. Yeah, some kind of crush panel or something. Yeah. And Definitely something that would cut a tire. Yeah. Folded, yeah, folded in right angles and I don't stuff. think I don't think based on his Facebook post, I don't think Michael Bennett was pleased about that. But then again, he was gone in the league. Yeah, I wouldn't be so, either if I, I was wouldn't the leader, be either. So. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. Um let's see here. Where was I here? This uh completely changed the race from here. The next restart, Bennett would miss a shift. Daryl Keene would take the lead from the outside. Tom Butler came to a stop in turn four, brought out the yellow, but once the yellow came out, his car magically fired back to life, and he continued. Uh, seven to go. Fern and Bennett would make contact off two. Bennett would hit the outside wall, spin to the inside, and then get completely disrobed when Michael Ray monster trucked over the top of him. <laughs> Digger. Peeling the roof <laughs> off like a can opener. <laughs> Holy crap! Was that, that video? A wreck. Yeah, Phil had saw the video. Yeah. yeah, I don't know who posted that video. I can't remember who it was, but that was insane. Michael did. Michael it did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and there was a lot of camera angles. Bennett on it. did. I'm sorry, he worked with Michael Ray, so it's two mics. So yeah, I think Ryan Pasako 
uh, edits that stuff up for him, if I'm not mistaken. I thought Ryan was, was supposed to run this week, wasn't he? He was posting something about maybe it's time to make a comeback. I don't Come know. Come on, Pasako. I would God, I would love to see him run full time again. He was a badass. He used to. He well, used he'd to really throw a monkey wrench into that them. into that division. Jesus Christ! Yeah, would he? yeah, that would be. You know, a, a, another driver of high caliber. You know, is welcome anywhere. In I know Adam opinion, Gray. You know? Adam Gray came back and just mops the floor with everyone. We need Pasako back. We need Pasako, Pitcat, and Bennett. And Jay Stewart. I mean, yes, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Jay Stewart and Corey Hutchings. Yeah, yeah bring them all back. Put Keith Rocco yes. back in another car, too. Just Screw clone it. them and grow them in incubators <laughs> and just put them in our own division. Could you imagine? Jesus. Bennett just had an off season, but next year I guarantee they'll figure out what's wrong with that thing and it'll be on kill again. Oh, and- they'll pull the body off. It'll go back to the chassis shop. They'll freshen the motor up. They'll get it fixed. The thing's fast when oh, it's not absolutely. crashing. Yeah, it'll be fine. It's just a bad year. Everybody has one. I'm having one. You know, if I don't have a bad year, I'm on the podium in points. When I have a bad year, it's just a bad year. It happens. I'd rather have yeah. a bad year than a no year. Correct. Like me. Yeah, that happens. All right. I. By the way, I forgot to ask everybody else for their. You know, well, fuck <laughs> for their me, personal you know? updates. I totally fucking <laughs> biffed on it. We got off on a tangent. I didn't even ask everybody for their stuff. I have no updates. Oh, okay. I- I dynoed my shocks and raided my springs, and everything's fine. You, so got, hit, you got hit by a hurricane, but everything's back yes, to normal but you're within dry. two days. So I'm dry. A lot of people on the East Coast are, and especially New Smyrna Speedway with three and a half feet of water in the office. Yeah, that's a lot. Jesse was thinking about racing, but more on that later. Yeah, no one gives a fuck. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's get on with it. Yeah, we might as well finish this. Sorry. I just, I just, we just got off on tangents, and I don't even think I finished my update. But who? I just roasted cares? myself. So yeah, fair. That's okay. All right. Uh, by the way, I wanted to comment on the Bennett thing, where he, you know, having cars run right over the top of him, having been a driver who's been up and over top of two cars in my career, one of which I did hit the driver's window, uh, and I. Jesse did as well. Uh, he did it much earlier than I did when it was much more dangerous to race. He did it to Lyle Wolfinger and basically took his window net off. I did it to Megan Fuller right up over her hood, and I hit Scott Sundin almost in his seat. And I, I'm glad he had a you know safe race car and all this stuff to protect yeah, him. Yeah, you because, left a tire mark on his headache bar. Yeah, I left a tire mark on his seat. Oh. Yeah, um, I didn't like that. Um as someone who's gone up and over a couple cars, I uh, would like to see a safety initiative put into these cars because our cars, if you run a fiberglass roof, you have to have an intrusion plate above the driver's head. It's basically an eighth inch thick piece of aluminum. You roll it over the sides of the cage and you held it in by Zeus fasteners. So if the roof has to come off, they can take Zeus fasteners and pop that panel off, but it's going to stop something from getting in and hitting you in the helmet from the top. Um, these cars don't have them. Uh, Michael Bennett got out of his race car directly through the roof. Uh, I would like to see something like that implemented. Just my personal opinion. I'm just saying it's, you know, it would be something decent. Yeah. I think an anti-intrusion plate helps. I mean, I don't mind. It was like really not a difficult thing to put in my car. It's easier to rip a fiberglass roof off than it is one of metal. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it could help, especially eighth inch of... It's only aluminum, but it's an eighth inch of aluminum, and it's a plate bolstered in by the roll cage. So it's... I grab onto mine to get into my car. 
mm-hmm. because it's that strong. I can just put my whole weight on it, no big deal, and get right in. So think about that, guys. So we'll put that in the uh, notes for the mandates that we'd like to see implemented. Um, five to go. Wayne Corey Jr. would make a move to the bottom under Keene and retake the lead after having to battle back from the earlier incident, taking, I believe it's his car owner, Tommy Fern, with him. Wayne Corey Jr. would take down the win, his first after struggling this season. His dad, Wayne Sr., almost had a top five, by the way. He was in the 17 car, the family car this race. But uh, Kevin Gambacorda would get him on the last lap. So it was cool to see the father-son duo out there. And uh, by the way, Wayne Sr. is still a badass. So Definitely a badass. Yep, still a badass. And uh, yeah, it was. I was really hoping he could get on the podium or a top five, but uh, yeah, it'd have been nice, but you know, it didn't work out. I think he ended up there anyway with his kid in victory lane, so that was cool. Yeah, whatever. It's That's fine. all right. We like to see that. That's fun. All right, now championship celebration, fake champagne soak factor for Adam Gray. Zero out of ten did not even come close to me. I don't even remember them doing it. So <laughs> that's that's depressing. Yep, did not get soaked. All right. Maybe he's sober. It was fake champagne anyway. It doesn't even like. Did he duels. know that? Well, his wife didn't because she took a giant slug of it in Victory Lane and was very surprised because it was like sparkling apple cider. And she was <laughs> like, "Ugh, <laughs> Yo, this is gross. I gotta take some nips out of my purse. <laughs> Put some alcohol in this thing." So <laughs> somebody grab some Fireball. <laughs> anyway, uh, SK Lights, SK Tyler's, the Tyler's show. Tyler Berry led Tyler Chapman by 10 points entering this final race, and he led by 30 over Tyler Pearl in third. Uh, Let's see. Amanda West. We know it's Alexander Pearl. Thank you. Tyler West. (laughs) Tyler West led them to green, but missed a shift, and that allowed Frank to three. Frank Littwell Jr. to take the lead. A uh, lap later, West rebounded along with Ron Midford, and they split Latoile for uh, the lead off of turn two, with West retaining the top spot. Uh, All three point contenders were near each other mid-pack, with Chapman set on kill mode. Well, the 18 on lap three made a daring three-wide move to take, like, 11th. Well, yeah, I'm getting... (laughs) No, they were just carving up the field. I mean, Chapman made up spots quickly. He moved from around 15th to, like, within the top five in the first five laps. Yeah. Uh, Barry would not let him go, but Chapman was making strong, aggressive moves to get to the front as he would take the lead by lap 12. Barry was making his own aggressive moves to move into second. Uh, Pearl was really kind of struggling. He was unable to move as quickly as the Tylers, uh, and he would kind of get hung up in traffic. Yeah, that was an aggressive move. That was three wide under George and Amanda. Yeah, I mean, he had to go. Three wide. In his mind, he had to go, and you know what? He and, went. And, uh, yeah, they were they were, uh, they were were the only two cars that were there that could really move on the bottom. Yeah. They were they were carving up traffic most excellently. It is Tyler Chapman, right? Yeah. Isn't there a Tyler Chapman who races trucks at Waterford? I think so. Are they related? I don't know. I doubt it. I'm just kind of confused sometimes when they say that, so... But they've run out of names, obviously. I'm, yeah, exactly. But anyway, um, the Tylers would take off 1-2. Tyler Chapman would do what he needed to do in a caution-free event, which was go out and win, but it was not enough as Tyler Berry finished second, and he claimed the championship by eight points. It was Chapman's fourth win of the season. 
See, that's two two SK Light features in a row that have gone green and checkered. Mm-hmm. But see, they can do it. They can. They can do it. By the way, there were only 23 cars in this field, whereas the last one was 35. Oh, well, that makes it all a difference. <laughs> <laughs> only. If they had 12, uh, it would be 10 questions sometimes. Right. It's like the late models. You get 15 cars and wreck all of them. Yeah. So, um, so all right. This was the good one. Championship Celebration Fake Champagne Soak Factor. I give Tyler Berry, even in his young age, a 6 out of 10. He got me pretty good with almost a direct hit. Like, I think he was <laughs> aiming for me. Good. Um, luckily, it missed the camera lens and most of the electronic stuff. It did get the microphone on the side of it quite a bit, and as well as me quite a bit. Not a complete soaking, but I definitely noticed it and felt it for the remainder of the evening. Bring his uh, dad the dry cleaning bill next time you go to get some parts. Yeah, I'll bring him my shitty old jeans that I need dry cleaned. <laughs> can you dry yeah, clean? Tell him. Can you dry clean these ten year old jeans with shit stains on them or whatever the hell I walked through? Why do they have shit stains on them, Brad? I don't know. I deliver mail. I get bird shit and all this other shit all over me. You're not allowed to take bathroom breaks. No, I just shit my pants. <laughs> There's no bathroom in a truck. What are you supposed to do? Just shit your pants. It's fine. Sit on a bucket. I've done that. It's uh, It works. <laughs> Phil's face just changed. I mean, can't say I haven't. Moving on. <laughs> oh, geez. I mean, yeah. I, I thought mean, Jesse I, was trying to find a drop of some sort. I, I believe am. he is. Uh, but no, I mean... I was waiting for one of these corks or whatever, if they had corks. I don't think they had them, but they might have been screw tops. I don't remember, but I was waiting for one to just hit me at some point in the night. Um, I was shocked at Barry catching me full on. I'm like, not me! No, don't that aim at this. usually pretty like low-key and tame, too. When I saw his celebration, I was like, damn, he has some excitement in him. I was like, oh, God. Just play it. You're waiting for it. Oh, well. <laughs> I was going to wait for it. But... All right, we can use it. <laughs> We're bad at this. <laughs> no, it's all right. No, it's, it's topical. These lyrics are shit. Well, I got the words. It's like um, karaoke style up here. And it's like. (laughs) Nice. Uh. (laughs) All right. I thought rap music today sucked. This was like 10 years ago. Can we move forward, please? <laughs> I'm a motherfucker. No, I'm a motherfucker. No, I wouldn't take your girl, but I shall take her tongue from her. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> it's a clown show. Uh, it's all a joke. It's, Turn off the crap music. Aw, uh, don't be a boomer. <laughs> it's a joke. It's all a joke. Hey, I'll listen to Biggie and Luda and all that shit, but not stuff that is unintelligible. Oh, don't be a boomer. All right. Killjoy. Limited late models. Holy shit. The drama was thick in this one, and we didn't even see it coming. 
Jeremy Lavoie led Rich Hammond by 16 points going into the final race. Next closest was Alexandra Fern at 38 points back, but with 13 cars taking the green, she was technically out of it by that point. Uh, Jay Clement led the field to green with Hammond to his outside. It's like, oh, the second place points guy is starting second. This thing's over. Wrong. The handles just haven't been there lately for Hammond. He started backsliding immediately, allowing contender Lavoie by on lap one. Hammond struggled just mightily on the struggle bus all day as the top four would put a big gap on him because he settled in around fifth. And it was just going to be an uphill battle if he was to make headway in the points. Gary Patnode and Fern would pressure Jay Clement uh, and move into first and second, dropping Clement to third into the clutches of Lavoie, who would take third a lap later. Past halfway, Lavoie would lose touch with the two leaders while Hammond would stabilize about fifth place. And on lap 13, Fern would take the lead from Patnode. With three laps to go, the drama would strike as Lavoie would spin in turn three. By the looks of it, I believe the right rear, probably lower trailing arm would break. And it's just a... It would spit like a brake caliper mount out on the racetrack, like it stabbed it into the asphalt. It was crazy. Um, or actually, it stood up on the pins. I don't know what the hell happened, but it was some sort of compound issue that happened to take him out of the race. This meant that Hammond now had to finish fifth. It broke the. Did you see the part you know, of the brake caliper mount that yeah, was sticking whole, on the track? The whole bracket. The whole bracket. Both the pins were still you, in it. The, both pins, and then the, you know, goes wraps around the the rear end housing was laying on the track, standing up almost. Yeah, because I think the pins yeah. were holding it up. Yeah, but I thought it was stabbed into the asphalt. But I'm like, why is a brake caliper bracket on the racetrack? And then I see his the right rear tire pull back when he goes to take off. And I'm like, oh, he broke a trailing arm mount or it broke after something catastrophic happened. Mm. Just unbelievable catastrophic failure on the right rear compounded and just a bunch of shit just broke all at once. No, I don't know a, what happened. You know, that's it. That's another kick right in the teeth. Yeah. You know, right at the end of the year. I mean, um, God almighty, that's with, terrible. It was literally with three laps to go in the season with the championship within sight. Like, he could see it, you know? All he had to do was finish where he was. Yeah, all he had to do was just ride around. But Hell, the, all he had to do was finish in front of Hammond. Within seven spots, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, basically yeah. within six or seven, yeah. Um, this meant Hammond had to finish fifth, like I said, because I believe he held the tiebreaker for more wins, so fifth would have tied them in points and it would have handed it to Hammond. Yeah, because um, Hammond's got four. Lavoie has three wins. Right. Yeah. Uh, Hammond would get in a hectic battle for third as Fern pulled away for the lead. The Clement brothers would fill the podium as Hammond would get dropped back to fourth, and he would do all he could to stay there. I mean, he was pulling into line and holding uh, blocks and all sorts of stuff. He's like, no, no more spots, please. Um, driving desperate, basically. Uh, Fern would pull away for her third win of the season, her 25th overall. By the way, calling her shot because she'd said earlier in the day that she was going to win, and she mentioned that in victory lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Impressive. And would finish... Uh, Hammond would finish fourth to claim the title in wild fashion uh, by two points. All right. Now, this was one of the more entertaining victory lane and championship celebrations I'd ever witnessed, and I'm so glad I captured it on video. But 
the championship celebration fake champagne I soak factor. I just, I just wish I kind of had a scream, you know? Oh, it, the woo woo. Yeah. Just do the Ric Flair one. It'll be yeah. fine. Well, I don't have it up. Okay. Um, the championship celebration fake champagne soak factor was two out of ten. <clears throat> well, it didn't really get to me, but it deserved some sort of rating just for the enthusiasm that they shared in Victory Lane. So I gave him bonus points. Damn, two out of ten. This sounds like that's all he got was bonus points. <laughs> Pretty much, yes, because Adam Gray didn't get any points because the championship celebration was lacking a little bit of enthusiasm by his crew, and... Uh, I didn't get soaked. So I gave these guys bonus points just for the enthusiasm. It was also go watch the footage. You know, it's him basically just going nuts. And it was really funny, by the way. All right. SKs. This title seemingly was decided weeks ago in my mind because Todd Owen led by 142 points coming into this event. Feels like it was done weeks ago. It feels like it was done weeks ago. Um, Matt Kenseth them. Yeah. Uh, and with wins being 50 points, he led by nearly three full races. All right. Tyler Leary led them to green with Michael Jarvis challenging on the outside. Ronnie this, this Williams. This could be the SK Tyler division also. How many Tylers are there? One, two. Well, there's only really two, three. right? Yeah, but Tyler Jones, he's just he's part-time and whatever. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I don't even know who Tyler Jones is. I think he's Chris's kid. Oh, uh, let's see here. Ronnie Williams would take the lead on lap two and control the event quickly. The racing would be behind him because the action, <clears throat> the action would also be relatively tame. Champion Todd Owen would make his way to the front early and find himself in second, only ten laps in. Lap sixteen, Marcello Rafano would challenge Owen for second, bringing Brian Narducci into the battle. Narducci would get by Refrano for third just before halfway. The top three would not change as the race ran green to checkered and Ronnie Williams would win. Todd Owen would do a pretty impressive set of donuts in turn four and in turn one. Ronnie Williams went from fifth to first in the first lap. Yeah, he did. Jesus. He just mowed through that. That was it. It was over. Mm Mm-hmm. Tell you what, for an open wheel division, they sure race like fender cars. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> they do. Quite there's a, a lot of leaning on each other. There's a lot of elbowing for position. A lot of boxing out. Uh, SK lights too. It makes for an entertaining show. Yeah, give them that. The pass on the bottom there, you got to either be a a lot of faster or b you need, you need elbows out and elbows up. Maybe split someone's lip once in a while, but you yeah. know, bravery plays Carl into Malone it. style. Bravery and experience plays into it, and it's like people. Especially with Todd Owen, it's a, it's all experience and it's all wisdom. Well, I mean, Todd <laughs> Owen has 21 starts and 20 top 10s. <laughs> Correct. Um, I was actually having this discussion with people the other day, and I was talking about experience and wisdom, and I said, I know this is a little bit off topic. Trust me, I'll get back to it. Uh, I was talking about that the Russia-Ukraine thing, and I'm like, people are like, why can't they beat them? And I'm like, think about it. What have we been doing for the last 20 years? We've been learning from some of the greatest war fighters on the entire planet about how to basically expand our experience and portfolio as, you know, for training and war fighting. So we've learned how to do all this new stuff and this new way of fighting. What have these giant powers like China and Russia been doing? Nothing. 
Well, they've been doing nothing. They haven't learned anything. They have no morale. They have no no reason to do anything. Meanwhile, we're out there gaining experience. Ukrainians also have snipers, which are really hard to do in a city. Oh yeah, they're very so good at in that. An urban environment. Like I said, we've been learning about broke. we've been learning about insurgencies and urban combat and all this stuff. So we're gaining that giant portfolio of experience, so that we will have an upper hand tactically on all these giant powers who. Literally, you watch Chinese military videos of them training, and they're keyholing targets because their barrels don't have rifling in them. And it's like, that's... Wow. So it's... Moving on. <laughs> anyway, no, we the second time we've gone off on the tangent. <laughs> we didn't even have to talk about I know. But like I said, experience counts. The, uh, my my main point is experience counts, and Todd Owen has that in spades, which is why yep. he won over some of the best young talent in the area by three freaking races. So, so he's the United <laughs> States and everyone else is Russia and China. Basically, yeah. Okay. Now yeah. it's come full circle. Todd Owen is Captain America. There. We've announced it here first. All right. So, um, That's a pretty good nickname. Championship celebration fake champagne soak factor, zero out of ten. Jeez. No champagne flowed in victory lane while I was there. So Not so, even the fake champagne. So Tyler Berry got, had the highest score, Yep. even though it was a D. Even though he's... <laughs> With a D minus. No, he got a six. That's a D minus. It's a passing grade. <laughs> it's not. We're not doing school grades. We're mm-hmm. doing like Yelp grades. <laughs> still, okay. well, I mean, he's still in school, so. I mean, he's yeah, he's the only underage person, and he got the best. How score. old is he? Uh, eight, seven, eighteen, seventeen, eighteen, sixteen, eighteen. I was in bars. I was playing <laughs> pool with the landscape crew that I was working on, and the old linebacker down Montville. in down in Montville. Nice. Yeah. But I will give Todd Owen a point for his reverence and recognition in the moment of victory. It was nice to see the old guys are still capable of kicking ass because it gives me hope for the future. So I'll give him a point, one out of ten. Eh, you know what? Screw he's it. Get fined for the donuts. You know what? Screw it. I'll give him two. I'll give him two out of ten because he did donuts, and I don't how, give how a much shit you think about he's the fine. Get fined for that. A hundred bucks, because that's what Woody got. Well, he got the same fine last year for doing the same thing. So who cares? There. They can take their hundred bucks for dogs. They're going to give them like three grand or five grand or six grand or however much it is in championship money. You think a hundred bucks matters right now? Well, maybe well, if you if you ask Todd Owen nicely for a donation to the to the animal shelter, he may have already gave you five hundred. Yeah, he might give you more. Now, if you force him to, he's only going to only want to pay one hundred. Yeah, can't force. If you give people the option for volunteerism, you'll probably get a better result than just go. forcing them to do it. <laughs> <That's> it <you> <laughs> <know>. <laughs> oh, okay, so I have something. I just wanted to put a little statement out. All in all, it was a pleasure to work with the people at Stafford on some of the video projects that they brought me in on. It was an interesting experience to work live broadcasts for the first time. But to be completely honest with you, I hope I don't have to do it again because I would rather be on track. Uh, chasing checkered flags and making or trying to make another check mark on my bucket list, which is to be in victory lane as a driver at Stafford and not holding a camera. I do enjoy it, but uh, trust me, winning as a driver feels much better than handling <laughs> trying to handle a uh, top heavy camera all night and the severe back pain that I derive from doing it. Mm-hmm. So if you want to join in with me as a marketing 
and advertising partner on my team and help me make this dream come true, email me too. Makinglapspodcast at gmail.com. Trust me, I control the email on this thing. And uh, let's go <laughs> it's win. It's not our HR department. No, we don't have one of those. <laughs> I am that. Uh, and let's go win some races together. I'd love to go back to Stafford, especially if Thompson doesn't come back like rumor suggests. Uh, maybe someday I'll be able to race full time again because I miss doing it terribly, and I'm sure all of us here do. Uh, and still feel like I have a lot left to offer. So let's do this. Great season, oh. though, Stafford, though. Oh, one fantastic of the, season. One of if you get probably to race the most there, successful. Really great season. Yeah. If you get to race there next year, maybe you'll get to race against me. Doubtful. Moubing on. Where are you going? <laughs> no, not doubtful. No, I, I may come up there in July and run one of the runner X. Oh, there you go. Might take a, a summer trip the next year. Well, we're just happy to have you back. Oh, no, you're I not. just yes, I am. <laughs> Where are you? And I'm so sorry. What did we do? Why did I push you away? <laughs> I cannot sleep. I cannot dream tonight. By the way, I have a uh, I have a statistic that was uh, offered up by Bonsa from Stafford Motor Speedway. He just posted it on Facebook and probably Twitter, but I'm not on Twitter. I'm actually surfing my Facebook for whatever reason. I guess I'm a boomer. He says that the final point standings, he has the final point standings for each year at Stafford Motor Speedway beginning in 1997. Todd Owen won this year's SK Modified Championship by 146 points all told. Uh, That is the largest championship victory in at least 25 years for SK Modified Division. The next largest championship win was... Anybody want to guess? Year and driver. <laughs> you probably have no clue. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. I'm going to say either take Christopher or Bob Potter. Okay. Phil? No, nothing. Sid's just kind of shaking his head here. He's like, nah, that's Stafford stuff. No, I, I know the answers. But oh, I, you probably but saw I, it on Facebook like I just yeah. did. Okay, good. That's just not fair. I don't know. <laughs> I, I could go look for it and be a smartass. But... Well, I just like putting you guys on the spot because I don't know why. It just makes me feel good about myself. Uh, it's 2004, and Jesse was half corrected as Ted Christopher. Claimed the title by 140 points over Todd Owen. Ah. Yeah. Interesting. That's pretty cool. All right, so Waterford rained out, and for good reason, because, yes, it was pouring all weekend. Um, Trust me, I had to work in it on the shoreline, and, yes, it was pouring all day. It's not raining at my house. Yes, it is. All right, so why don't we go and do, well, we had some other local, regional, whatever stuff. Do you want to talk about, like, Milk Bowl or Lee or anything like that? I watch Lee. I watch a lot of Lee. Yeah, bring us some Lee info. Some Lee info. I like Lee. Lee is a nice track. Oktoberfest is usually a big event, though, you know, with, uh, it's one of those, it's it's almost, almost on par, I think, with the World Series. And why I say that is because it's one of those events that not only highlights its own track Mm -hmm. uh, and its own divisions. Sorry, but they, they however, it's it, it, pure it, stocks there too, didn't they? Well, they have it not just their own division. It's it's also allows for outside divisions to come in and play on their playground. Right, like a lot of other racetracks, it's pretty much only sticks to their own. But 
Lee and Thompson with Oktoberfest and World Series, respectively. They bring in a lot of other outside interests as well, so it brings for way more entertainment that only gets to play once a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, the Oktoberfest thing is a big show. I, don't know, I caught night one, the 50-lapper of the street stocks. Okay. Anybody we was, know? Well, uh, well, Jeff Rollins. All right. He was on the pole, and I thought, oh, hey. You know, because we know from the old street stock tour that was going around. So it was like, okay, so now those northern guys. I have a story about Jeff Rollins. Mm -hmm. I only ever got to race against him once, and it was on the road course event at Thompson in the street stock tour race. And he grenaded an engine at the end of the front straightaway so bad. The pro stock engine. Yeah, the the big-ass motor in his Camaro. That thing smoked down the straightaway. That thing honked. And I think he was leading. That led to such a long cleanup that I thought we were going to time out of our race because we had a time limit. But And I was like looking at the official and checking my watch. I'm like doing the little finger tap on my wrist. I'm like, time check, because I'm in like fourth. And I'm like, I don't think I can catch the leaders. This is as good as I'm going to finish. So let's finish this thing. Because I could also hear a gear whine, and I'm like, this thing's going to blow up. Please end this race. <laughs> and they yeah, didn't he- end it. They went over time, and I ended up blowing a transmission with two laps to go while inside the top five. He yeah. scattered that thing from the flag stand all the way down to the three marker. Mm, it yep. fire. Yeah, it was on fire. That was a small oil fire. <laughs> that was That was big. <laughs> Okay, so that's my Jeff Rollins memory. So, yeah, he was on the pole of this race at Lee, and I thought it was over. Yep. I thought it was done. Nope, was not done. I saw this black number 7 OZ car. No it, idea who that is. It, well, its name is, uh, let me let me check that, Grant Athier. Okay. Yeah, Grant Athier. I saw him carve through the field. He started from friggin' deep, too. Hmm. Okay, and it if you watch this race on Racing America, which actually was the whole weekend of coverage was really good, by the way. They showed they I think they only had one camera, but that was about enough. But Can I can I can I add one thing since you just mentioned Racing America? What? Our Seacon correspondent Sean Miner interacted with <laughs> Racing America. And uh, they put up a tweet for some Northwest Super Late Model series, and it said, dial up the Racing America app now. And he tweeted, he said, it probably won't work. (laughs) 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 Which we all agree with. And they put this little smiley face emoji up that says, works just fine. This is also the Racing America that literally canceled an event because they said that they... they tried to send equipment to the camera person and it got like lost in like delivery or something. And then they turned off comments. <laughs> well, They're yeah. So bad. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> There's so, a reason I dubbed them racing scam America. So Mr. Miner's doing God's work. And this, um, at least this one that this one for Oktoberfest was the coverage was actually pretty good. Yeah, they had a ticker tape and everything with the rundown and the lap counter. They also and it also wasn't a pay per view event, so it I meant be- that I had, which means it's not free because I still use my my subscription, my paid subscribers only. Yeah, for paid subscribers. But at least it was you know. At least it was halfway decent. Yeah, at least it was an available thing. By the way, Jesse and I literally went on Amazon today to buy all new streaming hardware for our TVs because apparently our Chromecasts are way too old now. So we spent like yeah, they won't one hundred and fifty bucks collectively on. on new Fire Sticks and stuff. So. That's the only thing I dread about having all Roku TVs. Yeah, I, I bought 
I bought a couple new Fire Stick 4Ks today because my third or fourth generation Chromecasts are kind of aging out. And with the new streaming technology, they seem to age out really quick. I've probably been through two or three generations of Chromecasts already. Oh. Yeah, they go quick. So I just went and said, screw it. I don't have 4K TV. Well, maybe one or two, but... Um, I yeah. play on iRacing on one. <laughs> I do too, but I have an Oculus now, so... Hmm? So... Oh, that car's still for sale. All right. Anywho, so Grant Eighth here, passing cars, okay? Left and right. Left and right. And when you watch this race on Racing America, it's a lesson in how to pass cars. Really was. And how to pass them clean. Because hmm. he was, number one, he was very fast, but he would only do it trying to come out of the corner. He got the car to turn quicker than the guy in front of him and got on the gas sooner, which is a very, which is a skill. That mm-hmm. is the skill, the skill in how to pass cars. And he was moving right up through the field and uh, ended up getting a lead away from him, away from uh, Jeff Rollins. But uh, with it was a clean race with two to go. Uh, the third place car of Oxford Harrison and the fourth place car of the 66X of Schrader. They, the Schrader should probably uh, watch that video. Because he did not try to pass clean. <laughs> oh boy! Well, he poked it in there and onto Austin Erickson's bumper every single lap. Poke, 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 poke every lap, and I then can't finally, stand that shit. and then finally, he got underneath him. And then the twenty-two just said, "Okay, try to run through the infield," and uh, and they ended up getting together. So you just kind of figure out knew it was coming. Yeah. So maybe you should watch that. But it was all in all, it was a great race. Um, Day two, they had the, they had a thirty five lap pure stock and ridge runner uh, race, uh, dual I guess Seacox pure stocks and ridge runners uh, both had a class, and uh, I have no idea what the rules are in this <laughs> because I see pure stocks out there, but I also see this number forty nine car of Jason Gammon. He had the wheelbase. Uh, it was looked like a Camaro, hmm. but it had the wheelbase of a Mini Cooper or. Alancia Stratus. Like, what is this thing? It's so short. It's so ridiculously short. And sure enough, the thing actually like got the lead, but there's this guy up north, I guess, named Dave Cameron. Mm-hmm. And he had like a bounty on him. I guess he had, he was going to win an extra hundred bucks or a couple hundred bucks or something that BFP put together. Mm-hmm. If he started last to go to win the race, because I guess he won every single race that year. <laughs> So he started in like 23rd and ended up winning the race and getting the extra money and everything. This podcast absolutely will not be sponsoring extra money for racers because we don't have any for ourselves. <laughs> okay. no. If anybody wants to sponsor the show, email us too. <laughs> Makinglabspodcast at gmail.com. You know you're not going <laughs> to. So, yeah, no, I guess this, uh, yeah, he must have had a street stock or something that they just won't tack on him or something. If you win every race. I don't know how you can be that far away from uh, competitors to win every single race in this day and age, especially, you know, everything. Right. Uh, let's see, Nima's, the Nima winner was not uh, the normal guys. Like, uh, Who was it? Uh, it wasn't like a, a, a Bertrand car or, really? or anything like that. No, it was a guy named Doug Cleveland, and he won for the first time since 1977. Really? Yep. Yeah, dude. 
That's pretty rad. That was dope. Doug Cleveland. How the hell long is that? 40-something years? Something. I'm doing math. Old. Minus 1976. 45. I had to do that in my head and I was close. I can't do math. That's why I don't uh, have a job doing it. That's why I'm not an engineer, I guess. Yep. And uh, day three, I, I, didn't, I saw most of it was kind of unnotable and whatever. But I like the 350 Supers. That was a pretty cool show. Those are pretty dope. That's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, pole Sitter, I guess he blew up before it went green. That sucks. So that gave uh, BFP's Bobby Timmons the third. Like he was going to start second, but now he was on the pin. So, okay, that was cool. And then his the only other guy that was his challenger was a guy named Brad Babb in a 41. And he had a broken wing that went all crooked. Oh, that's Probably good. trying to steer him into Vermont or something. And it was it was all crooked and cockeyed. And then he went back. So, I right, figured, okay, so everybody else dropped out. Now BFP's going to win, finally. Guess not. Nope. 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 Halfway through Jeff Jeffrey Battle, number 14, he would co-take the lead and... Give BFP yet another second place. He's Mr. Second Place. That's okay. I'm Mr. Eighth or Ninth now. So. Yeah. yeah. So I'm Mr. Jeff, second... Jeff Battle is number 14. Bobby Tim is the third. Is 13. Maybe if Bobby wants to win, he should be number 15. You know what? I'm actually number to, second. Number one. I'm number second in points. It's, I'm not second yeah. in yeah, but this actual is about, races. Yeah, so BFP finished second again. Fair enough. Any so, other? Anything else? Nah, not really. Well, that's cool. It was good. Lee is going to have new ownership, and yeah, we talked about that so, one. I, I do. I do want to shout out my buddy Les Rose. He won the uh, Pro Four Triple. That's right. Up there. Yeah, he was on the third day three two, and I guess his kid was uh, in a car. And he got whacked, didn't he? He stepped on his dick, spun in front of the field, and <laughs> got melee in the left front. Got uh, mangled boy. in someone else's car. Yeah. Whoops. Fast car. Uh, just. Definitely stepped on his dick there. His words, too. Oh, well, at least it's his own words. Well, that sounds like a fine. I, uh, yeah, I, uh, definitely made a mistake here. Uh, <laughs> if only you could see what I see. Because I went to search for the Milk Bowl results. Uh, you can only imagine what I found on Twitter. I'm glad it wasn't Google. Wait, 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 wait. Just come over and look. I, You can see I'm just you an idiot. You can share your I'm, screen on Zoom. Just share your screen. Nope, not doing it. There you go, Phil. That's what I, I found on Twitter. I don't know if I want to open this link. There you How go. How is that able to be on Twitter? Uh, Twitter does show nudity and porn. They don't. Oh. Uh, yeah, I am, an, <laughs> I am an absolute idiot. It is a woman milking herself. Let's just move on because I couldn't find the milk bowl results. <sighs> okay, so no Twitter for Roger until he turns... No Twitter for him until he's until 30. He 40. <laughs> <laughs> no. No social won't. media ever. Screw that. I'm done. He's not a daughter. He's just, he's, he's to be at least No, 13. I don't want him to be an idiot. Um. Anyway, just, we were talking other stuff. So, yeah, I forgot the milk bowl results because that ran up at... Uh, Give milk. I want to milk my stuff. Up in Vermont. <laughs> what is it called again? <laughs> Thunder Road. Thank you. Titty you milk. can milk anything with nipples, Greg. <laughs> I got nipples. Can you milk me? Uh, God, I hate that movie. Anyway, um, 
And I can quote it. Okay, great. Trucks, why don't we talk some NASCAR national stuff, even though my notes don't want to go past what I've typed. Right. I'll just close that. Come back to it. Well, We, we suck were... so bad even Sid's putting in earbuds so he doesn't have to listen to <laughs> Perfect. us. Perfect. All right. So, um, yeah, they were at Talladega for all three national series. Um, I don't think that I took any notes for the Xfinity series race except for one. Anyway, why don't we talk some talking points? I'm not going to go over the races at all. I'm just going to go talking points because that's more fun. Sure. Um, A lot of cut tires in the truck series, Brent. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the, I don't know if they if it's a tire problem or they just don't clean the track off. What the f- My notes app. Really it was a 23 sucks. to 18 to 42 to 45. They all had like right rear tires go down. Yeah, that's weird. Why is um, it on the right rear and why is it? It's not low air pressure. That's for damn sure. It's Talladega. They have 50 pounds per square inch in there. Yeah, you can't run low air <laughs> pressure there or else you will blow them out. Yeah, so what's up with that? And, you're not, this, and it'll also drag. You won't go fast enough. You got to blow them up to balloons. So either, you ever go land speed racing? Those tires are pumped like rocks. You know those really, really fast like rocket cars that go 500 miles an hour? They don't have rubber tires. They have solid steel tires. Yeah. So, yeah, because they would blow out at 800 miles an hour. All right. Um, anyway, talking points. Jordan Anderson's fire. Why don't we talk about that? Oh, boy. He caught fire Bro. after his engine expired, and he was literally getting burned uh, going into turn uh, how, one. How fast do you think he hit that wall before, when he was starting to come out? Not very fast. Maybe 25, 30 miles an hour? Maybe less. Maybe less. Yeah, I think it's an optical illusion because he didn't go flying out of the car. He just kind of booped into it. and It did help him leave the car a little bit. It did kind of propel him out a little bit, but it was the right amount of propelling. Um, it, 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 it's, it's a really good thing that he didn't get out of the door quicker and accidentally start falling down the side of the truck as it hit the wall. Yeah, because it would have been Jordan Pancake. Yeah, like <laughs> Tyler... Well, like Tyler Reddick did to the NASCAR official, Jordan Splatterson. What did Tyler Reddick do? Because I know he hit, didn't. He hit somebody. Brakes. He didn't. Well, you know how the they. You know how the, he road. didn't pump oh, his brakes they, up before he went yeah, on pit road. Because when they go out to qualify, they take the brake calipers off and they squeeze them back so that they don't rub against the less brake rotational rotor. friction. Yeah. yeah. And in order to slow down, you have to actually pump the brakes up like 15 times when you're coming back right. or else you won't have brakes. And I guess he might have not pumped them up enough. Right. So yeah, to Phil's point, yeah, he would have been a pancake. Yeah. He was like, "Oh crap, I'm getting out too soon." He started crawling back in even though he was like on fire. He's like, "I'm not in a great situation here." So And I'm just glad that the steering that the you know, when he hit that wall, that that friggin' steering shaft didn't go into his sternum. Yeah, luckily he wasn't going that fast, so I'm glad he wasn't. Still. But, yeah, he hit the inside wall not very hard. He jumped out and got away on his own, but not in good shape. He was flown to Birmingham Hospital with burn injuries, including second-degree burns across his neck, face, right arm, hands, and both knees. Okay, question for the panel, guys. Yes. How do you guys feel about having a water truck available? Because when you when you, because this has been the year of the fire, mm-hmm. everybody and everybody has practically caught on fire this year. Mm-hmm. All right, how do you feel about having a water truck there, kind of like the NHRA, and instead of just putting the fire out the water, they could host the driver down instead. How about just putting a? Uh, you could take a refillable extinguisher and just put it full of water, and just have that labeled water, 
and have one guy man that while the other guys do the chem blast on the the car with the whatever fire doesn't the safety safari it. have a water truck and and they spray the driver down half the time before the, when a funny car blows up and driver gets out yeah they also the, have 25 layer suits though so it's like yeah and they end up hosing the well yeah but it also burns friggin' hot with that nitro and uh well, yeah it's oil and fire and bad stuff so. and you know they hose the driver down instead of hosing the car down half the time well, yeah, because like it's I said, so hot. Yeah, they should, but I mean, that's kind of a secondary thought to them. If the guy isn't actively on fire, they typically just don't. those suits are still hot and they're still cooking them. That's why I think yeah, a lot I, of us. You know what? I agree with you completely. I, actually, those suits, that suit, that when he exits that vehicle, that fire suit is still burning his skin. I get. It's you not know what? You're him there, down, I man. Feel, you know what? You're right. I agree now. You know, I do agree because I think they should have at least some water canister and have a guy man in that to hit the driver after the fire if he wants to or not. <laughs> hit the driver with some water and cool him down because that suit is still burning. I've had second degree burns. Yeah, they're not They fun. suck. Not from a race car, thank God. But no, I've had them on like on my legs and stuff and in it hurts and your skin just bubbles up and... I Days had, after, uh, you know, it's just disgusting, and it really, really hurts for I a had long time. A, I had an electrical fire in my race car once. Yeah. Uh, not very big. I was lucky I turned the, the master switch off, but it was throwing sparks and hot copper into my crotch. And I'm like, this is the worst spot for this, and I want it out of that car more than anything in the world because the smoke was so acrid. And I almost pulled a Jordan Anderson and got out while it was still rolling, but luckily I had the frame of mind. Yeah, can you imagine? Just can hit you the imagine switch, his fire? You know? Yeah, that's bad. Like, uh, at that point, where he was at, he's basically being burned, and he has to take it because he has to stop the car himself, or else he's not going to stop, and he's going to keep getting burned. It's like you have to take it and do your job at the same time. That sucks. I can't help but wonder at what point he actually unstrapped because he, there was a couple really close calls with oncoming trucks. Watch That's the video and you, I actually watched the video a couple times. You'd be very surprised to see how early he actually unbuckled and had the window net down. He was still on the banking. Yeah. That's what I figured. Yeah. Not he, a great he, idea. He already had the steering wheel off clearly because he had no control of the truck. He wanted out, and he probably couldn't even see. So he had no frame of reference of uh, he where just, he was going and if he was even stopped or not. He hit the brakes and yanked the wheel right off and just rode it out. Holy shit, this guy was wanted out bad. Yeah, so I agree with Jesse. They should put water on the trucks, uh, even just a, even just an extinguisher, because we all have a water extinguisher in the yeah. truck with us. Usually it's for when the car is overheating and we spray the radiator down with it. But yeah, but no. You, you, you can know. use it for other uses as you well. you got to hose the driver down when he's on fire. You yeah, really they, the fire suits, they keep the fire from hitting you, but they do get warm. So, right. yeah, I see what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it ends yeah. up being, you know, just like a like cooking hot dogs out there, you know? They yeah, basically turn into melted plastic. Yeah, a- after a set amount of time. So, um, <clears throat> now let's move on to uh, Haley Deegan's tire carrier. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, mm. He got hit by the truck, lost the tire out in the infield. Uh, right. Ran. I. Th- you know what? Personally... I thought it was under a caution. I thought they all pit under caution because I don't think that they had run, truck series. They don't have runs long enough for them to pit under green. Yeah, they do. And this was under green. It was definitely under green, bro. 
I really could have sworn it was under caution, but since you two are saying it was under green, I'm just going to agree that it was under green. No, it was it was definitely under green, and that was uh, wrong. I mean, it's kind of funny. I don't know if these guys that they hire for for pickers, they're not really racers anymore. They're actually kind of like athletes. They are like stick and ball athletes, so they're not familiar with racing or the racing rules half the time. So, a lot of them are flunked out college football players. Well, or just in, they, that's injured. all of them. It's like yeah, or some yeah, college football players or lacrosse players or something. Uh oh, I got hit by the truck. Down I go. I'll, I'll get it. I'll get the. I'll get the tire, guys. Don't worry. I get it. And then he goes out on the racetrack. I got the tire, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Took too many hits to the head. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're dealing with is a bunch of idiot athletes sticking ball athletes playing hug ball or whatever well, basketball here's or football or hockey you want my dumb take of course i do okay here's a dumb take all right nobody was coming what's the problem <laughs> <laughs> it's the one thing they've actually been consistent on yeah, yeah i know i'm just yeah i get it it's a rule they pulled his hard card and escorted him out of the track for doing it <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. Don't be an idiot. Yeah. Ooh, there's a water. Thank you. It, maybe it has lemon in it. I hope not. That's disgusting. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, I, I've never. I don't remember the last time I saw that. To be honest with you. Uh, never. Never. I've never seen that ever happen. Yeah, me neither. I'm kind of because really they're all I've racers seen... and they knew the rules. Oh. There was one in Atlanta. I don't remember if it was in the Cup race or what, where a crew member ran out into the infield and grabbed a tire. I was just trying to make some kind of silly point where I'm like, oh, so he's good enough to get hit by cars, but he can't run into a field and grab a tire. Well, they would have waited for all the <laughs> NASCAR's just mad because they made him throw the yellow for the tire because usually they let him wait until until all the pit stops are done. Oh, then we can throw it for the tire. Yeah. That's how it worked at Kansas. I'm just trying to make a dumb point, I guess. Yeah, it would. But anyway, um, yeah, don't do that. Um, don't do that. Hey, there you go. Um, not a great idea. Oh, what was the guy in that Arca race where he got freaking meleeed when he was trying to help a driver, like 1988 or 89? Oh, the the one that was on Rescue 911. Yeah, the guy on Rescue 911 where he got flipped over the car. Yeah, well, that was the rescue crew, and it was under caution. Yeah, but it's... The ambulance was out, yeah, and the guy was, spun under the yellow. Yeah, dumbass. Yeah, and, I mean, like, completely waylaid him and just knocked him over, ass over tea kettle. Yeah. That yeah, was it, under it was, caution. Imagine if that was under green. Oh, boy. Casey Kane's crew member in 2015 ran out onto a live pit road during pit stops to chase a tire. Oops. Oh, well. I guess like, he was... All the way across pit road. Well, um, he was trying to help. I'm still kind of... I'm kind of <laughs> done with the open pit roads. I'd like to see a closed pit road for everywhere where yeah, there's that a would wall be involved. I think they were talking about that on DBC. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I mean, it might be hard at Talladega, but damn, dude. It's not. They could put a they wall They do there. it at Michigan. Yeah. Michigan's yeah. just like Talladega when it comes to that. I believe California has it as well. Yeah, yeah. I see. I don't see a problem. No. I don't know. Yep. They could fly, they fly and bounce and crash at any time. So. Like I said, you're good enough. Up. You're good enough to get hit by a car, but not good enough to run out and do a field. <laughs> but no, it isn't. It is a safety concern, so don't. I got do the it. tire, boys. Got, got it. it. Put it on. Uh, we already did. Oh, uh, down I go. 
All right, so Carson Hosevar later in the race lost a right rear tire while contending for the lead. Pulled out, pulls out of line, spins out on purpose, and draws a caution with eight to go. Dude, he tried to make it look good, but boy, did he fail. <laughs> it didn't even come close to looking good. <laughs> he tried, but nope. Good grief. Are no. you kidding me? Uh, no, maybe he should have gone. If he spun faster, it would have not when he was doing <laughs> 10 miles an hour. I know oh, you got a tire going a down. Damn clown. I know you got a tire going down, and it's a smart thing to do, but t- we harp on it constantly. What's our word? Take your lumps. Well, um, that gave him a one-lap penalty. Yeah, now you're completely out of it instead of just saying, okay, maybe there'll be another caution and I'll catch back up because these guys are all idiots. Okay, anyway, there was a huge crash at the end that basically wrecked the field. Uh, the yellow came out right before they came across the line for the finish, and uh, that delayed the final results. It literally was 15 feet. It had to be. I mean, it was so close. It was to so the close end. to the end. Why aren't they just wait? I mean, fabricated drama. Yeah, I know. But it, my whole thing was: is NASCAR is under a microscope and they're consistently inconsistent. So they kind of was trying to err on the side of caution. And I was making this reference to Phil. I said it was like them trying to flip the switch on the bumper cars. Yeah. Basically, like doing what they can do to just hit the lights, and it's like, okay, you don't have anything left to fight for. Stop crashing. But you can't do that. They're already in the freaking wood, and they're not going to slow down. So it's like, well, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. It's like, why didn't NASCAR throw the yellow? There's guys hitting the wall, driver's side first, and wrecking into each other all over the place. I mean, you think that extra literally points five of a second is going to matter for getting the safety vehicle vehicles out on the road or whatever? If it's me, I don't throw the caution because what's the difference? They're going to be rolling anyway because the race is literally over in 10 feet. Right. Yeah, they, They're going to be they rolling could've... anyway. They could have rolled the the safety vehicles from the entry of pit road as the crash was happening under green onto the track because there were no other cars behind them. But yeah, I mean, again, you're damned. If, you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. I understand why they tried to do it, but whatever. The I more mean, the more they try to centra- Colby Howard. Yeah. The- well, the more they try to centralize command and take control of everything and just insert the control and or, and make. It under control, mm. and it's this control yeah. that gets him in. That gets him all this controversy and gets him in trouble and makes things not work out. It if they just, if they had just, if they just let things work their way out the way that they're supposed to do, it, instead of trying to think of the end outcome or whatever. I mean, it's when they flip the switch, they would end up having just a you know great races all the time and nothing to talk about i agree well if if they hadn't thrown it brett holmes i think that's his name it was brett holmes yeah he would have won the race and that's his home track he i think he only grew up like 20 minutes from there they said yeah he did right he was very close to that and he crossed the finish line first and he probably would have won and it's it's a it's a situation where i don't mind who won it just kind of is like well i hate this yeah jesse hates the saying it is what it is but it's like well, you can't change it now. Yeah. You know, it's just, oh, well. And then Benedetto with probably the worst winner's interview ever. Was it? Why? I didn't think it was that bad. All he did was thank God. He never thanked his sponsors or his crew. Yes, he did. Did he? Oh, yeah, I didn't he hear did. it. All I heard was, all, all glory to God, thank God, this God, that God. Well, that's because you God, worship Satan and you recoil in yeah. the word of, <laughs> the word of God. And no, so I'm once just... you heard the word God, you just record in horn and go, ah, no. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I was happy to see De Benedetto get a win. Oh, finally. he definitely, he definitely so thanked can, everyone. He thanked he the, the, the worst w, victory lane. He win thanked Rackley Roofing. One. He thanked WAR Shocks. He thanked all those guys. He thanked them all. The worst one was Ty Gibbs after he just demolished Ryan Sagan. Goes, oh, you know, I want to praise Jesus, and you know, I'm I'm sure he'll be he'll be all right and whatever. I do. I wrecked someone for the win, mm-hmm. but God wanted me to. Basically, yeah. is what he said. That was Ty Gibbs. Yeah, that was Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs. Yeah, Matt Ty D Gibbs just. Kind of made a Matty Matt made a a good move to get by, and he got forced under. And it's his um, first win. It was his first win since 2011 in a K and N East race. I forget where it was. He struggled Um, a lot. He he uh, really dug and clawed his way towards the Cup Series. Had to suffer through a lot of like suffered his way through starting park rides, starting park rides after this and that, until he finally and I mean a couple of good rides. And then he got Ryan Newman at Bristol. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, he had true. he had that uh, twenty one car ride, but I mean, do you see Harrison Burton lighting it up with that thing? No, no. Me no as a matter of fact, the guy that left that ride isn't exactly lighting it up either. I mean, Burrito was doing a pretty damn good job in that car. They just couldn't close races you know, out. That Ryan was Blaney all. hasn't won this year in the twelve car. He hasn't won shit. Yeah, he hasn't either. So yeah. I mean, it's the it's the equipment more than it is the driver at this point. So well, yeah. It's oval driver. Um, it's, it's I think he right. was capable. He's just De Benedetto's not the greatest driver, but he's more than capable of holding his own, and he is capable of winning. So I mean, he's a B class driver, and uh, he's worked hard. And he has worked hard. He deserves to be there. So it's nice good guy. to see him win. He's a nice guy. He sold his damn Lamborghini to keep racing. He had a Lamborghini. <laughs> Why the fuck yes. would you do that? Why would you have one to know. begin with? Because he was the superstar. Oh, that's right. Cup, cup, uh, cup money. I think they call yeah, it. Yeah, he had cup money. Yeah, cup money. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna, if you're in the cup series, you're making money. So, um, hopefully, he can make his way back up there. He's a nice dude, but uh, um, I think he's gonna eventually end up in a top tier Xfinity ride. No, that's it, where you he's know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Kind of like Allgaier. I wouldn't be surprised if he does pull a Justin Allgaier and just ends up at Junior Motorsports when all his top level talent takes yeah, off, and uh, he just kind of makes a decent living and has some decent success there. I it's like a major surprised. league. It's like a guy in, in a. It's like a baseball player that's he's a AAA talent that's uh, excels in AAA but can't make it in the major, so they call it four A. Yeah, he's basically think, a four A four A driver. No shame. Yeah. No shame at all in being a Jack Sprague or a Justin Allgaier. I wish no, I had I don't a career so. like Jack Sprague. Yeah, I'd or love Justin it. That'd Allgaier. be great. Yeah, I would kill to be on that level. Yeah, it'd be great. You name the person, they're dead. Uh, let's see. By the way, it took a few minutes to determine who actually won between Ben Rhodes, Brett Holmes, and Matty D. Uh, mostly Brett Holmes, but uh, Ben Rhodes. I think he got wrecked at the time of caution, so I don't think he was quite I at the the line. Ryan Priest was in this race. He finished P four. He was he was spinning across the line. He was in a position to win the thing if uh, these guys really screwed up. But uh, hole never opened up, and he didn't quite get the momentum. So he was close, but uh, he was I, right. I on do there. have to say though, for Ben Rhodes, bitching about Matt D going below the white the yellow line and, he, and don't leave the lane open. Don't leave the yeah. lane open. He won't go he was, there. He was had his nor all nose all the way up to your exhaust pipe shut the fuck up yeah and you you turned him into the infield bro hold your line you're you're, you know you're screwed at that point there's no help behind you and the guy just went below you just hold your line all right all right next one xfinity series race was um uneventful to say the least um another well-behaved race 
I'm just going to read the statistic. Uh, who won that thing? AJ Allmendinger, right? I believe. Ding-a-dinger. But anyway, I'll go into the statistics of it. Uh, in Saturday's... I absolutely n- fucking hate this racing. Yes, he does. Uh, <laughs> that was and you still. won. That was he after made a point time. to say still. Yeah. Yeah, he still hates it, but he... I absolutely fucking hate this racing. Still. And he won it. But, uh, yeah, he is, that is a comment about plate racing, and he won a plate race. Um, but in Saturday's NASCAR Xfinity Series race from Talladega Super Speedway, every car that started was running at the end. It is the first time ever in 393 NASCAR National Series Super Speedway races that every car has been running at the conclusion of one of these races. Even Jesse Oluji? They said every car. Jesus. Every single car. There wasn't like one big wreck or anything. And I applaud them. Good. Good. Because How I, many? I hate... And the finish was really good. I hate the quote-unquote trademark copyright hashtag big the one. big one. I hate that phrase. The, the finish we, was super tight between him and... Uh, Oh, shit, the one car. What's his name? Sam Mayer. Sam Mayer, yeah. Between Allgaier and Sam Mayer, it was a bumper. Like, it was so three close. Feet. It was three feet. Yeah. Such a tight race. It was cool. Noah almost had five in a row there. <laughs> really he was really in close. position, you know? You know, I'm I'm surprised. He, I wonder what lap he, he throws up in because it's it's so intense every single lap. He <laughs> must throw up, like, all race long. They just give him a Pedialyte every, every pit stop just so he can replenish. Ugh. Can you imagine the smell? Go ahead, Phil. We keep cutting I'm you sorry, off. I'm sorry, Phil. No, I, I don't remember what I was saying now. <laughs> yeah, because we cut you off like five times. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> damn it. All right, so uh, Cup Series race. Again, we were talking about this earlier because the Drivers' Council had met. There were rumors that they were going to throw the race by running single file the whole race and not passing anybody in protest. Nope. That did not happen That's because that was just happen. a stupid rumor. You'll never get them to strike. They're no, never they're going never to strike going to because, because guess what? They could find a scab and I'd do it for free. I would do it for and I'm a teamster. No, I do it. <laughs> I would do it for money because they. I would go for way less, but more than what my house. I will race cheaply. Pay off my house and I'll race any time. Uh, <laughs> that would help a lot. I don't care. There's um, nobody home up here anyway. I ain't afraid of no concussion. You could turn my head into a friggin' bag of bowl of Jello. It don't matter to me none. Yep, a bag of bowl of jello. See, it <laughs> works like every it time. Might already be. Uh, yeah, don't worry about it. It has. Uh, I don't care. Series. I'll still do it. <laughs> Let's go through a few incidents here. Multi car wreck happened on lap twenty four after Harrison Burton got a bad push from Ricky Stenhouse. Not that much multi car though. Yeah, it was like six seven cars. Well, six maybe. Uh, it I col- was so close to calling that. <laughs> it was. Yeah, you you called. I think lap twenty seven as the first caution. Yeah, I said last lap because they were going to strike. But That's not the wrong. big one. That's like the the medium one. That was the small one. Yeah, um, it collected Joey Logano, Noah Gregson, who was subbing for Alex Bowman, Justin Allgaier, who was subbing for Noah Gregson, Ty Gibbs, <laughs> and a couple others. <laughs> Ty Gibbs, who was subbing for. Yes, yeah, who Ty Gibbs, who was subbing for Kurt instead Busch. Of, instead of going through like this whole race, <laughs> what do you guys think about all this, all the concussions that, and things? That, like that crash was subpar. Yeah. It was. It, I mean, I, th- I think what one car might have gone out. I think it might have been Harrison Burton because he hit pretty hard. Yeah, I'm surprised he doesn't have a concussion because he hit with the left rear. I gotta check this um, thank you. 
anyway, um, yeah, what, what do we think of the concussions? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I know the cars are hard, and I'm glad they're going to be doing some things with the, the front and rear clips, but what do you think about, like, the hardness of the helmets or the seats themselves? No, they're the same thing. They're the same thing as what they used to have. Yeah. I it's mean, all the same stuff. Yeah. These seats are exactly what they developed back with the old car. They worked brilliantly. They're... They they dissipate a lot of energy through the seat and have a lot of padding. The helmets are top notch. Um, everything okay. that cocoons the driver is great. The old car we didn't have these problems because it folded up. Ryan Newman would probably say that it folds up a little too much around this area, you know where the head is. Yeah. Uh, but they tried to fix that. I just kind of feel like they rushed this car, even though it was late by a year. I think they should make the clips out of round tube instead of these big fucking box square tube well, chassis. They, t- they tried to reinvent the wheel, and it ended up being too stiff. And we all knew it from the start. Even from the crash testing, we knew the cars were too stiff. I looked yeah. at th- I looked at the chassis, and I'm like, that's way too stiff. Cause they yeah, made, you, I do remember that conversation. They made, and I showed you pictures, and we were sharing pictures left and right of the... Um, what's it called? The manufacturing process, because it's all robot manufactured. Yep. Um because it's all assembly line stuff. It's CNC cut and bent, and then it's robot welded, and they can just fire off you know, all yep. these parts all at once. And I'm looking at how they're designed, and I see the center section, and I'm like, okay, that's going to be really good if it gets hit or if it gets upside down. And Harrison Burton proved that. That thing did not move when he got upside down. And I'm like, okay, well, the roof is good. The sides are good. You know, The driver's cocoon is going to be good. The front and rear clips are too stiff, I said. And I know that they're bolt-on stubs. So you can make working on the cars easier. You don't need a whole fab shop with tables and stuff. You can basically just unbolt and bolt-on clips, front and rear. But they're made of essentially what frame stock is. You know, rectangle tubing. The old clips were rectangle tubing on the bottom where, you know, an old frame used to be. And then they had round bar which is roll cage tubing. And they used to have that as a supplement, you know, front and back. Now and they had kick-ups so they would fold. Yeah, and they had the of... kick-ups and all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And they had overtail chassis so that if you hit the wall, it would just fold down. And um, the front had, you know, the same basic thing. It would fold up if you hit something. Exactly. It had all the kick-ups. But the new chassis is essentially square tubing, top and bottom. And it's heavy. It's very heavy gauge tubing. So when you see these guys hit the wall, nothing moves. Like you watched um, Cody Ware's incident, right? I am shocked he got back in a car this week. He compressed a safer barrier to the concrete. Yeah. And so did Ross Chastain. The old car, even Michael McDowell couldn't compress the, the safer barrier yeah, to the concrete. In Texas, Jeff Gordon think, right? did one Texas time. Texas or whatever, yeah. yeah. The same thing. Yeah. Jeff Gordon might have, but he hit a ton. Yeah. Well, that he was, hit the... That was he a hit mega the, hit. He hit in a very strange place. He hit the open wall where the access road was. Yeah. That's why he compressed it. But, like, these guys were not compressing uh, safer barriers with the old car because it would fold up and dissipate just as much energy through the chassis as the wall would dissipate. Mm. These cars are not doing that, and they've never done it. What they need to do is redesign it with round tubing. When you see a right front tire go into the firewall on this car, no good. 
when I saw Cody Ware's car actually folded up, it scared me. Because you know how heavy that car is. Because I know how heavily it's built. I have engineering knowledge, and I've built race cars, and I've seen how these old ones and new ones are built. I've seen them up close, and it's like, I know how hard you have to hit to fold that up, and that's bad. Like the old car, they could fold that thing up every which way, and then they just get out, dust themselves off, and be like, wow, that really sucked, and just walk to the ambulance. Now they're like, I have a concussion because we hit too hard. And it's like, yeah. We know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm kind of pissed about it. And I know NASCAR, uh, they move slowly. Uh, but I know that they're having some crash tests, but I think they're doing it with the rear clip only. And I'm like, dude, that's not enough. You have to do both. <laughs> the center section might be fine, but you have to make the car fold up. They have yeah. to. I don't care what you do. They have to fold up. And I know they probably made the rear clip stiff because they have this new rear suspension system that's supposed to be uh, independent rear and supposed to have a mounting point and stuff. I don't give a shit. You can you can figure it out. Okay. Maybe maybe these cars would have some more side bite if they uh, they flexed a little too. NASCAR is thinking about this. Well, com- stiff race car is a fast race car. NASCAR is thinking about this in a completely weird way because they're trying to predict Most the, the future. They're predict they're trying to predict the future. They're saying, oh, the f- we're going to use this chassis to have hybrid technology and all this and blah blah blah. And I'm like. Yeah, but you don't need to. What you man? you absolutely don't need to. Like, if the time comes when you have to, then maybe think about it. But, like, you don't need to. They're doing things in the name of, I don't know what, for some reason, I don't know. And it's like they're trying to predict the future. And I just, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand why they're taking this path when they could just leave it alone change the body, change the chassis if you want, but you don't need to go down this completely new road that is completely untested, completely unproven, and now is hurting drivers. Right. You know what I mean? And they're saying they may not get a complete redesign on what they need to do until 2025. Next year is going to be the testing year. No, it's not. It's complete bullshit. You know why? That's straight out of Denny Hamlin's mouth. Yeah, but Denny knows that these guys are idiots and they won't work fast enough. I told you about the process that it takes to build these chassis. Oh, I know. It's a CAD program. You throw it in there, they and robots and everything take care of it. They have these engineering programs like SolidWorks and all these other engineering programs that you can load test designs in a simulated environment like a computer before you build them and you have an idea of what you're going to face before you actually physically test it. Like they're yeah, so if- precise now that you can actually do that. Nothing still beats real world testing. They, exactly, you still they had do to that. simulate all this stuff in, in in there before with this new car, and, and they just missed the boat on it. They fucked it up. Well, yeah, but that's what I mean. You don't have to. You can test it virtually, and then take that design and test it in real life. I don't know why they don't do more testing on their own. NASCAR is a multi billion dollar industry. They can't make one car to test it. All the drivers are calling for a complete redesign, and I, I have to agree with them at this point. So Keep is Rick Hendrick. Section, the, the fi- yeah, Rick Hendrick, too. Keep the center section the way it is. It seems to work well, but you got to redo everything else. Yeah, you and really if it do. means going back to a traditional transmission, live axle, and, and if, 15-inch wheels, so be it. That's a stock car. Rick Hendrick said, he said, if, I, if it meant buying all new clips... Monday morning, I'd do it. You can't tell me that just bare chassis 
you know, steel that's just welded together that you bolt on the car is going to cost that much. How much do you think they're paying for a chassis? I'd bet way too goddamn much. Way too goddamn much. You know why? Because you can buy a you can buy a short track chassis for way less. This has essentially the same type of steel, maybe, you know, obviously more of it. But they're they're basically paying an excessive price simply because the manufacturer can charge them in an exorbitant amount. I don't know. There's some street stocks that are going for twenty grand. Oh yeah, I just saw one from Thunder Road that they wanted twenty grand for a street stock style style car. And I know I'm like, somebody that just bought a Fury Super Lay model roller for thirty grand. Yeah, it's utterly ridiculous. I don't understand why it's race cars. Crazy. I don't understand why race cars in general cost so much. Because proprietary information. Yeah, but it's steel. I know. And if I buy, if I don't understand, because it's like, well, if I buy your Fury chassis, and I'm another another chassis manufacturer, and your cars are fast, what's stopping me from taking yours and reverse engineering it and making my own? Now I got my own. That's you're stupid. basically you're not buying the chassis; you're buying the knowledge. Because so something I have learned because. Daniel has a Fury chassis right now. Um, If you're going to buy a Fury chassis, you have to go to Fury and get the knowledge book. Okay. Otherwise, have fun figuring it out because it is completely different. Yeah. um, This goes right along with my theory that racers are their worst enemy because they're trying to bump the price of all their cars up because they're saying they're the best, the fastest, and unless you go with us, you're not going to be the fastest. But the day's going to come when people don't buy your stuff anymore because they can't afford it, and you're going to price racers out of racing, and then racing won't exist anymore. So how happy would you be then? Well, the I market agree. will correct itself eventually, I hope. Yeah, well, I doubt it. Sure hope. <sighs> we we bitch about Joe Biden's 8% inflation, but what is racing Nine. then? Nine, well, nine, whatever nine, it is four. today. Well, it, it probably goes up exponentially with inflation. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, but I mean, overall, just since I've been in racing, I've seen street stocks go from you can buy a, a turnkey car for 4500 I sold mine for twelve five. Yep. Which everybody thought was crazy, but I knew what the market was doing, just paying attention to it. And now you're seeing complete cars go for, like Jesse said, twenty grand. Thunder Road cars. The same thing as what I have. Twenty grand. Yep. Do you think that racing will survive with twenty thousand dollar street Why stocks? Why don't you just buy a new one for less than? I could build one for less than half of that. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I but do. the problem is, is a lot of people who get into racing can't do that because they're getting into it and they have to learn. That's that's another problem with racing is Nobody takes the approach like I personally, anybody that knows me, I didn't do any circle track racing before I moved back to Massachusetts in 2011. And I just walked into the pits at Thompson one day and started knocking on trailer doors saying, hey, I want to get into this and start helping. That's how I learned. I never knew a damn thing about circle track other than I grew up going to Seekonk watching the 35 of Johnny Gomes go around in circles. That's all I knew. But nobody fucking does that anymore. Everybody goes, hey, daddy, I want to race. And they buy them a quarter midget and then a super late model and they're racing in NASCAR. Correct. That's about their career path. <laughs> that's that, that, not an exaggeration at all. 
<laughs> I, I say it all the time. The ladder is broken. They take the elevator. It's that meme where the kid that's, that's is like, yeah. where the kid is standing on the floor and he takes a giant step up of f- yeah. like five yeah. different steps. Exactly. No exaggeration. That's, what, that's what's killing racing, I think, more than the cost because that's what's it's driving both. the cost up. Honestly, it's both because it's taken entry level racing and destroyed it. You know how much I saw a Super X car or no, a Seekonk Pure Stock go for the other day? Eight grand. Yeah, I was gonna say five hundred. Back when I was racing in them, they were fifteen hundred bucks because there was down here. There wasn't anything in them. You know how much the pure stock goes for down here? I don't even want to know. Turnkey, twenty five hundred bucks. Perfect. I'm coming to Florida. Come on. You need me down there anyway, but I, I, I don't I might like hurricanes. Be going so. to buy it because <laughs> well, I apparently suck at a sportsman. I don't like hurricanes, so I think I'll stay up here for a while. It's not hurricanes. I, I told you we don't we don't get hurricanes <laughs> in my part of Florida. You just did. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't. I was 200 miles south of me. Yeah, yeah, It yeah. turned into a, a tropical depression when, by the time I got to Phil's house. Hey, how far into this thing are we? <laughs> Two my, hours. My voice Two hurts. Times. Do you want to talk about... I got a maximum about... of a 37-mile-an-hour wind gust at my house. Oh, that's pretty lame. Anyway. Yeah, I didn't get nothing. Barely right, even so got any rain. I don't really feel like talking about the cup race at all anyway because it was actually pretty decent. The final restart was a battle with, like, it was a pushing war between the top lane and the low lane. People want to say that Ryan Blaney choked, but he lost his pusher at the wrong time because they, you know, just bet on pit road. Just kind of the air. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, ah, oh well. They I didn't woke up with ten laps to go. They didn't they didn't wreck a bunch of cars for once. Chase Elliott won uh, over Ryan Blaney, who had a decent run, but he just didn't I wish get there McDowell, at the end. And, I wish McDowell jumped up in front of Chase Elliott. That would have been Yeah, better. but it is what it I mean, you can't drive it for them so um there was a season high of 57 lead changes and not a lot of cars got tore up so that's cool good good i, I love it because it, it it means that they don't have a next gen promo for for next year right with cars all spun out and flipped flipping over, no, they'll over just and... use harrison burton flipping at the daytona 500 correct yeah i am out of notes anybody got anything last i'm done nope okay good my voice is killing me because of my sore throat for the last few days all right. I hear animals outside, and I'm concerned that they're trying to get inside. So, oh, some guns if you live in Florida. All right, you should. You can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find us on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. Send us some feedback to Making Laps Podcast at gmail.com. Or if you want, you can leave us a voicemail to anchor.fm slash Making Laps. Pick the voicemail option. You can do it on your phone. It's really easy. Uh, and we will play it, trust me. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BrentGleason01. You can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash BrentGleason. You can find Phil at? Uh, you can find me at Racing on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Uh, and you can also find me in the garage trying to perform an exorcism. Uh, that's the same for me as well. Uh, and you can find Jesse. Maybe at Thompson this weekend. Possibly at Thompson this weekend. He has well, yet to make a decision. Be there driving, maybe. Oh, he will be there, but uh, he doesn't know if he's going to drive or not. So we'll figure it out. You can Do find it. me near my birthday. Uh, the boy's birthday is coming up soon. What, 10 days? Yep. Okay. All right. So how do we end the show? And do it nicely, please. Keep the nurse and Dale Sand Fest. Thank you for listening. Also, my birthday is in 10 days. And, and my well, you can tell him on the next episode because we'll record one in between. And my. <laughs>
Go my, ahead, go ahead. And my party is going to be on the Sunday so that Jesse can be here because last year he didn't come. Oh, that's right. Oh, throwing his uncle under the bus. Why didn't I come? I don't remember. Why weren't you there? I think he had work. It might have been scheduled on a weird day because it was raining one day or something like that. Anyway, uh, thank you all for watching. I appreciate it.